Welcome to episode 5 of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a new regular podcast about Transformers and occasionally other vintage and related toy lines from the 80s and 90s. Your hosts are Transformers toy writers and photographers, Liam from Toybox Soapbox. Howdy hi. Maz from Transformers Square One. Greetings. And as ever, my name is Sixo, but more on that later. Anyway, the topic for today is big men, or rather big men that are made up of lots of little men being smushed together, that is to say, combiners. After all, who doesn't love a good big man, eh, Maz? Oh, don't forget big women. Victorian and co. Well, I... <laughs> what are you laughing at now? <laughs> anyway, enough on that. <laughs> How are you both doing? Uh, really good, thanks. I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to talking about little guys and little women smushed together. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how we start off now, frankly. I think that's uh, <laughs> what an unusual start to the episode. Eh? I'll, I'll... <laughs> it's me trying to kick this one off nicely and professionally. And look at all going a bit Pete Tong already, isn't it? You bloody started it, mate. Yeah. Talking about people switched together. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving all of this in, honestly. Yeah. Let's just, we'll just claw it back on track. Are we all okay now? <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. How are you both doing? I'm all right, thank you. Very good over here. Excellent. Maz? Yeah, I've just spent the last hour looking at McDonald's changeables on eBay, so that's been a fun rabbit hole. All right. Do they combine? <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll wait to see on that one. Perhaps more on that later as well. Uh, uh, anyway, I kind of got turned on to the topic of uh, combiners the other day rather randomly because I don't know if either of you are aware of this. Probably not, but there's a, there's a new Octonauts film out on the old Netflix at the moment. Uh, it, big fan of Octonauts there, Liam? Yeah, massive. I mean, those little bears in the little submarines going under the water or whatever it is. I literally have is, that's is that no, that's essentially it. That's it. That's up to noughts. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Creature report. Creature report. Yeah, if you've got children of a certain age, then Octonauts is the biz. Let me tell you, it's really, really good. Uh, so definitely worth a checking out. Or actually, I mean, to be fair, my little boy, his granddad loves it as well. I think he watches it on his own. But anyway, they've got a new film out. It's very, very good. And uh, in it, there are some new little submarines called Gups, which they have. This is leading somewhere, I promise. This is not just like suddenly an Octonauts episode. I was going to say, this is the Octonauts official podcast. Yeah, if you're That's listening what, to I, this. I you're had like, to hunt for some Octonauts toys a few years ago. They were, yeah, some of them were pretty difficult to get, actually. They're, they're surprisingly scarce, actually. I think if we did do an, uh, an episode on Octonauts ever, then there would be a lot to say about the, the rarity of some of those items. Let me tell you, we look for some as well, and they are quite scarce. I've also had to do this for Emily's nephew many, many years ago. I've had to look for them, so I vaguely know what they are. Is oh, that a little go. symbol like the Hydra symbol from Marvel? Is that a... Uh, there's a little squid, I think, or something. Yeah, like a little squid symbol. I don't think it's specifically supposed to be a Hydra thing. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a there's shared animal universe. terrorists, that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, possibly. MCU crossover, I don't know. But uh, uh, anyway, in the latest episode, spoiler alert, there are five... Uh, or, or five or six, anyway, new guts that they have. So uh, Dashi, who's the uh, the engineer of the group, has built some new guts. And uh, it, it's pretty obvious to a Transformers fan when you first see these little submarines that they are going to combine. Uh, and needless to say, come the end of the film, they do. And they turn into kind of a giant robot mode as well. So it's pretty cool stuff. It's worth checking out <laughs> just for that, like if you're a Transformers fan. There's some does, Tunip, uh, does Tunip become the target master? 
Uh, no, he doesn't. Although that would be that would be something to see, certainly. So yeah, in a kind of Piranacon thing, that could be a, a good crossover as well. Get that under the sea. Uh, this this stuff writes itself, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, to be honest. I can't um, hear you say Gup without thinking of a Leicester City legend, Steve Guppy. But then I realised you don't know who he is. I've got or, no or what idea a Leicester City is. Is is he a football person? He is a man of football. Yes. Yeah, was or he, he was like a long Tot- time ago. Tottenham, Tottenham Wednesday or something. Yes, that's exactly who he was. He's the sort of person who you remember when kids used to swap football stickers. No, this I do. Was, this was a thing in the nineteen nineties. But he Italian one, auntie. Yeah, but he's the one everyone had like fourteen hundred of. That sort of yeah, see, see, my my childhood memory of football is my is my stepdad wanting to watch it on Saturdays, and that meant that I couldn't watch Transformers the movie on VHS. So that's kind of like I think that's where my my thing with football kind of began. Your uh, resentment, bit, so. yeah, it's <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit like taking me away from uh, Transformers time. But uh, so anyway, yeah, Octonauts, all of that. It just got me thinking about you know, it's it's funny because I think in some ways combiners have kind of permeated the consciousness beyond Transformers now. I mean, it's not obviously mm. just a Transformers thing. There are plenty of franchises out there, you know, Power Rangers, whatever, with uh, with big combining robots. I'm sure people have others in mind as well. Someone I is do... screaming Voltron, aren't they, right now? Yeah, people are going to be screaming yeah. Voltron, of course, uh, and rightly so, perhaps. But, uh, but I do Gattiger, think... Gattiger, this... Microman, Diaclone. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just doing it for them now. This is yeah. like, you know... <laughs> there's, there's like three people screaming those ones. Leave, leave it for the comments section. It's all good engagement, right? Like that's the secret. But um, but it did occur to me that uh, the Transformers is quite unique in many ways. Like the, there's lots of unique ways that combiners have been done. And, uh, you know, there are obviously just your classic, you know, five little men become a big man scenario. There's all of that. But then there are some really kind of weird and wonderful ways that it's been done as well. And I, what I do like in Transformers is that they have kind of blown up the concept a little bit and kind of turned it on its head a few times over the years. And it's not just G1 that's you know, been done many different ways. So I think when we were talking about it, it just I know we just did gimmicks as like our first episode not so long ago. But it just seemed like actually there was a lot more to kind of go through with this a little bit and kind of really unpick what makes uh, a great combiner. Uh, so I guess maybe a, a good place to start lads is how do you define it a transformers combiner i guess it's toys that attach together in some way to create another entity and i know a lot of the time when we talk about combiners we're thinking of a combined robot but of course there are combined vehicles as well but i don't think the you know like if if even the word culture is appropriate but culturally we don't look at uh Actually, maybe I'm wrong. I'm thinking that combiners doesn't apply to non-robots, but then we've got MicroMaster combiners. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about the Japanese six combiners, but you know, just MicroMaster no. combiners sold that way. Yeah, you're right. Well, they, they are. They're called MicroMaster combiners, and they're just two little MicroMasters that just stitch together to form one vehicle mode. Uh, and, and Astro and, squads and the, and the like. Yeah, exactly. Those little guys, and and they're really really cool. But there are others as well. There's like big powered. Uh, which is you know another Japanese one, fine, but that is just that's three regular bots that only combine in vehicle mode. They don't combine in robot mode at all, so they're not a traditional combiner that people might be thinking of. But does that count? I don't know. I guess if the individual mode, if it has a combine mode, and the combine mode by itself isn't a thing, it needs the others to form a thing. Like if you think about the limbs, if you just have a, a combiner limb from a scramble city bot in combined mode, 
it doesn't really look like anything. Maybe just a squished version of the plane with a peg sticking out. But once you attach it to the hole, it's it's an arm. So maybe the combiner needs, it's not just like three toys in their normal modes then stuck together. Yeah. So it not can't like exist the, on its own. Not like the duocons, though. We don't, we're not classing them as combiners. Well, that's like that's just one dude, though, isn't it? That's like flywheels. Two vehicles, though, isn't it? They still have to combine to become something else. Mm, that's true. That's funny because in uh, was it Power of the Primes when we got uh, Battle Trap? That was right. actually two separate robots, wasn't it? Yeah. Was oh, it right? Is that right? I didn't know that. Was yeah, that, uh... you think you you stuck one's head up the other one's not head, and it became Battle Trap. But then on their own, they they had their own names as well. Not battle and trap, I presume. No, no but the words battle, battle and trap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was like a it was like a slam dance thing where it's like what is it? Exactly. Grand slam and rain dance, yeah. and then together yeah. they grand slam. And that's like those uh, robots in disguise crash combiners. So you know they have an individual vehicle mode and an individual robot mode, but then also when you connect them, they flip. By the way, Bisk is a crash combiner. Just thought I'd drop that in there. Uh, that's true. And he that's just true. gets better and better, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's that, he's that versatile. You wouldn't think seafood could be that versatile. Where were you when Hasbro was selling this toy? You would have just sold millions. <laughs> we're not even 15 minutes into this episode and Maz has got Bisk in there already, can I just say? I mean, it's that's on a, topic. It's, it's on a topic. new record, honestly. It's just absolutely insane. There are people, I noticed on Twitter, buying Bisk toys now by the caseload, just trying to like keep up You've with started. A panic buy. That's it, what it you're really doing. Has. There's some bisque seller on eBay going like, "Oh, I didn't expect such a rush." Honestly, well, that might explain the prices. Actually, <laughs> I did see on the BBC News on the little ticker the other day they were warning of a global bisque shortage, and mm. I think it's your fault, Maz. You sure they weren't just talking about the soup? I think they've just cottoned on to you just buying them all, just trying to find one in the most perfect well, condition. I am relying on the delay between recording and release of these episodes to finish my BIS collection before it gets out of hand. <laughs> but no, it's a good point. And you know, it's funny because when I was just kind of reading, you know, doing a few notes and stuff for this episode, I haven't even considered those RID 2015 combiners or, or like the, the Autobots, you know, what they do, like the, the, the way that they combine. But that was really unique in itself. And then, uh, but those are like the Japanese dino cassettes from G1, whereas yeah. you know, they have a dino mode and a cassette mode, but then you combine them to form... Just like Grand Slam, uh, Grand Slam and Rain Dance. I mean, do you call that a combiner? Would you, well, that, would you call well, that? Yeah, obviously I mentioned it before, but I was I I had them on my list of like, is that a combiner or not? I mean, it, it's a good question. I don't know because equally because they were only ever sold as one uh, release. You know, you couldn't buy them separately, Grand Slam and Rain Dance or uh, Beast Box and Squawk Talk, the Decepticon equivalent. You know, you could only buy them as a set. So. Does that make a difference? I don't know. <laughs> like in some ways, like with Battle Trap, I wouldn't think of that as a combiner, the traditionally G1 version, I guess, because it's just one dude in my mind. Uh, and I guess if I'm honest, I never thought of the cassettes as combiners either, but I think some people probably would. I think so, because that mode that they go into when they combine is a nothing by itself. and But once it connects, it's part of a third mode that it cannot achieve by itself. I guess fictionally, it's got a different name as well, doesn't it? It's no longer Grand Slam. Uh, sorry, uh, what is it? Rain Dance and uh, Grand Slam. It's it's um, Slam Dance. So it's it's a new name for a kind of a new entity, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so the same way RID did it as well. So the two, I think it's the like, for example, Optimus Prime and Strong Arm becomes uh, Prime Strong when yeah. when they connect. So here's one for you. What about something like? For example, Godjinrai, 
who obviously then combines with God Bomber, uh, who, you know, is a, a non-sentient drone. So presumably, you know, God Jinrai, Jinrai is still the one in control. Does that count as a combiner? Or is that different somehow to something like Revenge of the Fallen, Optimus Prime, who combines with Jetfire, who, you know, then kind of forms all these little jetty parts and what have you? Is one of those a combiner and one not? Or are they both combiners? Or what do you think? I, I'm just um, along this line of reasoning. I think there's also a distinction in the fandom if the separate elements of the combiner are quite strong personalities and recognizable characters by themselves. Yeah. So if you think of like um, Victory Leo and Star Saber, you know, they're pretty big on their own, but then also they make Victory Saber. But I don't think anyone ever considers that a combiner. That's kind of, yeah, that's what I was wondering. But in some ways, I think of, I don't think of that as a combiner because I guess it always struck me that in Victory Saber, that Star Saber was somehow still in control. Do you know what I mean? That he was, mm. and that Victory Leo almost became kind of like a like a power up um, to Star Saber, if that makes sense. And I guess that's how I always saw God Bomber with Jinrai right. as well. Uh, but yeah, and it's it's a good distinction because, of course, you're right. And maybe there is something then where like two robots come together, but one of them is still the dominant one. Whereas actually in more traditional combiners, it's like a melding of the personalities to form a new entity as such. I suppose that's our that's quite a G one sort of way of looking at it, though, isn't it? Because that's how we view combiners is mm-hmm. from from that perspective. But then you have other ones like, say, power core combiners, don't you, and stuff like that, where they take on drones and attach. They have one core robot, and the rest aren't really sentient. That's true, and I guess yeah, that's still combiners. And I think you see quite a lot of that as you go throughout Transformers post G one. Whereas from G one, when we talk about combiners, you very quickly think of Superion, Devastator, and these guys, don't you? And I think that's, that's kind of shaped what a combiner is. But what mm. about um, uh, Dreadwing? Because that is a combined mode. Mm. They yes. do combine the mode that the the mode that they turn into to combine is a nothing by itself. They need each other to use the combined mode. So I think there's also a difference between a toy whose main reason for being is to combine into the thing, and the combiner is the main selling point. Whereas some toys have a combined mode. I think maybe there's a distinction there. But I never viewed them, even in the comic, as being as it being a, a new entity. You know, that it just felt like it was somehow different with those two, that they still both had a stake in what was going on, you know, that it was like a combined jet form, but they maybe because they then both got their power master uh, you know, companions as well who are who are separate. Um so yeah, that's that's a really interesting one. Do you think there's a distinction between then between connectivity and combining in some senses where two robots can connect to sort of, I don't know, like like there they can sort of boost the powers. It's different, isn't it, to, I don't know, it's combining something different then. It's combining more total and complete than just sort of... It must be, because otherwise then you'd have all of the, um, the Micron Legend things as well, you know, uh, like in uh, Unicron Trilogy. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're thinking about... Yeah. Okay. You think you? I I thought you were going to say Superlink, the whole Superlink thing, or um, uh, which of course would actually be Energon. You know, with the with the two dudes that then you know one becomes the trousers and one like one one's the top and one's the bottom. The pants Uh, of power. For for one of a better. (laughs) 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 Um, Moving swiftly on, but (laughs) um, (laughs) 
but you know that that whole jazz. Literally, one is the trousers. You know, so like Hot Shot and Inferno, for example, yeah. and like that one of them will turn into into the legs, and one is the is the top half. They give the you the new power of new trousers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Who doesn't want to become the trousers? Uh, you know, or, well, you can't. Or, maybe that's the distinction. You can't have a combiner unless a member or two become the trousers. Hmm, that's interesting. I suppose then, does think that a, yeah, think of a recognised combiner where one of them doesn't become the trousers. Uh, well, I guess that. Well, what about like the vehicle mode ones then, like big powered and stuff? Are you saying that they're not combiners because they don't have trousers? Well, that's the thing. I mean, are they sold as combiners? Are they ever considered as you know? If you gave a list of the top ten Japanese exclusive combiners, would big powered be considered one? I and I think you have to look at the trousers. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the trousers for you, isn't it? Uh, but I think it's an interesting one because I think something like that, I think, and generally what we're saying is that I think if you did do a list of best combiners and you included some of these, people might be like, well, hang on, why are you putting these guys in over a, I don't know, Superion or whatever, if you were. Well, but exactly, yeah. other people might be like, hang on, if you don't include them, where are they? So it's difficult. But I mean, if... If you were going to step into a discussion about all the combiners, you know that unofficially the kind of toys that people would talk about. And yeah. then if you came in and said, well, what about Big Powered? You'd be that guy. You would be that guy. I mean, you, you, it's a bit of a flex, really, isn't it? It's a bit of a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, bit of a uh, what about Big Powered? Okay, so I guess maybe what we're saying then for our distinction today anyway, and not that we're particularly right or wrong or whatever, but we're thinking of where a new entity is created as such, and specifically a robot? With trouser members. With trouser members. Okay, yes. And a jacket. Is that what it's got? Little sleeves, a jacket. Yeah, sure. If if you want, you know. <laughs> and I think uh, of them all as clothes. That's all I can think of. I've often thought of them as ho- as, as clothes. I mean, they often have hats. And, I was going to say, who's you know, now the baseball gloves. cap of Transformers? Uh, for me, actually, the really amusing ones are some of like the MicroMaster combiners. Uh, you know, where you have six little six little guys becoming hmm. uh, a little big guy, and inevitably <laughs> and one who has to be at the back. What is at the back? What is the butt <laughs> part? Let's be honest. There's always one who, who forms the ass cheeks. Let's, let's yeah. be honest. It's just it's an unfortunate job, but one of them has to do it. They are literally <laughs> the bum bot. Yeah, and they're not required the either. No. Really, are they? No, you you need the other five for sure because yep. they're the legs and the arms and you know all of that, and then yeah, one just chills out at the rear. Yeah, the, the inanimate or... chest plate gets more of a starring role than the guy at the back. It's it's unfortunate, and they don't really have a defined place either. Like they just kind of curl up on the back. There's never a de- <laughs> there's never a definitive transformation for them. You're always like trying to search pictures of these things from the rear on the internet of like, well, how do other people pose that little guy at the back there? And it's never definitive. It's never really shown in the instructions either. It's like, oh, just stick them in the back. It's fine. The Transformers will return after these messages. So I guess on that basis, it might be worth starting at the top. Now, Maz, I know you've got a few things to maybe say about Diaclone in this regard. Oh, I do wish I had prepared better than searching McDonald's changeables on eBay for this episode and getting GMT plus one completely wrong. But yes, so a lot of the combiners that we consider as Transformers toys, you know, things like aerial bots and um, Stunticons, uh, for Diaclone, there was a toy line, a subline plant called uh, Jizai Gatai, which is free combination. 
And uh, the thinking is that a lot of these Scramble City bots were actually designed for that subline. And that subline was scrapped in order to facilitate the deal with Hasbro and, and Transformers, which is why, of course, you know, Metroplex is considered a diaclone um, design. And of course, there are prototypes of it from that era. And you can connect the Scramble City bots to, uh, to Metroplex and subsequently Metro Titan as well. Uh, so those toys were going to be part of Diaclone, and, and Diaclone had its own combiners. You had the Train Robo, mm-hmm. you had the Constructicons, so they were actually combiners before Transformers. And even going back further than that, uh, for the original launch of the Diaclone line in 1980, there were other toys that combined, you know, like Dire Battles. The original Dire Battles toy was a combiner of three parts that created the Dire Battles robot, even though the individual pieces didn't turn into robots. Similarly, Big Powered as well. And, uh, you know, there's evidence of Microman combiners as well. So it was definitely, like, uh, culturally, uh, in Japanese toys, there were combining robots before Transformers was ever a thing. Yeah. I, d- I think the, the whole uh, Scramble City thing, you know, being born from Diaclone, to me, is fascinating. Because, actually, I think that those toys... Uh, we'll talk about Devastator, I'm sure, and, 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 you know, Raiden and what have you. But I think those toys are, are typically the ones that people perhaps most associate with the gimmick i don't know because of the the interchangeability of the whole thing and you know the sort of wide availability of those toys i mean certainly if you grew up in the 80s chances are you had probably one of the limbs from one of those sets you know bruticus superior menasaur or defensor quintessential Um, uk childhood collection items exactly exactly they were just so so prevalent not many people always completed a set but you may you know you had at least one i would imagine um, and obviously, the the fact that they were interchangeable, you know, meant that actually you didn't even need a complete set. You could just have odds and sods and still kind of make something. Um, but yeah, I think it's fascinating how they all kind of interchange with Metroplex as well. And of course, that came after Devastator and Raiden, which aren't, which they don't have that free combination concept. They just have the one combination. Uh, so yeah, all of those designed for Jizai had the free combination, and that's obviously what we got for Scramble City. Yeah, and that whole free combo thing, you know, it actually made me realize I don't see anywhere near enough photos of um, like Frankenstein combiners, of, like, no. a couple of aerial bots and stuff like that. It's never really done, is it? And I, I sort of said it then, and I was thinking, why do more people not do it? Because actually, it would be so cool. I mean, you, you could do it with Abominus and Computron mm. and those guys as well. You know, whether, I mean, stick to factions if you want, you know, Autobots or whatever. But th- there are potentially, you know, Piranacon, throw him in there. There's, there's loads of combinations that could be made that could be kind of fun. And it would be super nostalgic as well, wouldn't it? That's one of those. It's because that's what we all did as kids, because we would have had more limbs than Corbats and you would have just put them together in the best way you possibly could. So it's really. I had Air Raid. Air Raid. Is that one. it? And, and I think it's the last G1 toy I had, and I got it in Cyprus in what must have been 1990 or 91. That was the only combining robot I ever had as a kid. It was just Air Raid. Wow. I had loads. Did it, have, yeah. did it have its head intact? Yes, I bought it new. There was oh, no... Wow. Um, there was no weak at the knees silver bolt. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's something then, isn't it? That's something. So, uh, yeah, I had I had a fair few of them. I think I had... I, I didn't have many complete sets, I don't think. I mean, I had a complete set of aerial bots, but if you've heard a previous episode, you know what that became of that. I couldn't actually combine combine the things, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I know I had one of the Stunticons. I think it was Wild Rider that I had, uh, but I don't think I had any others. I know I had Onslaught. 
uh, for sure, and I had hotspot, but I don't think I had any of the necessarily any of the limbs. You know, um, you were just asking why we don't see many pictures of G1 Scramble City bots with mixed up limbs. I mean, from my experience, when I post a picture of a, of a G1 combiner, I usually go by the instructions as to how to put it together because uh, I like representing it how the toy was intended by designers maybe. And even then, if that doesn't match up to how other people combine them or how it looks like in the animation, I do get comments like, oh, you've put that guy in the wrong place. Oh, sure. So even though there's the whole free combination thing, people have really set ideas about what a combiner should look like, let alone yeah. starting to mix it between other G1 combiners. It's, it's, it's actually a hilarious point to me because everybody, or certainly most people, most Transformers fans know the term Scramble City, which of course is the, the kind of, you know, to describe the gimmick that actually you can mix and match all the limbs and mix them up and whatever else. But if you do that at any point, people will point out that you've done it wrong, which is kind of hilarious somehow. You know, it's just taking away that whole gimmick. It really says something about us as fans, about how we like to see things done a particular way because uh, yeah you're absolutely right you know if you decide that you're going to stick uh i don't know swindle on bruticus as an arm pe- people are going to spot that straight off the bat so um, and it's a g1 thing like with combiner wars the amount of fan modes and creations that people showed off on social media i mean it was obviously not a problem there but it's mm. just typically occurs with g1 it's that commitment to accuracy isn't it is that mm. you kind of have this Everything has to adhere to those sort of rules, doesn't it? Of like accuracy, really. The rules, yeah, definitely. So <laughs> the, the rules, the rules. But I think what's really interesting, actually, is thinking about Bruticus. Is of course, then he came back that mold for R.I.D. two thousand one, mm-hmm. uh, or or Car Robots two thousand, and uh, and actually there, particularly in the Car Robots version, they they very much showed off uh, two configurations um, in terms of how you put it together, and it was like two official combinations you know so it wasn't just okay now this is the kind of default way that you do it but then you can scramble it up if you want it was very much like no no no, he has these two um mm-hmm. and i kind of like that because one of them is very different to bruticus as well and actually it, i think it kind of works better it's really it's really interesting it does have uh like the the you know the the two earthen modes obviously brawl and swindle traditionally it has them as arms and it looks, yeah, I just can't picture that. It that's looks really the thing. good. Yeah, it's so ingrained that blast off and vortex are the arms that. Well, what like, works, that's, that's super what, cool. What works beautifully, of course, is that then you have brawl as an arm, and there's a big cannon right on his arm, just like a Megatron-style cannon, and it, it's it's great actually. Like, as soon as you do it, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. It works really well. I Almost as if it was designed that way, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so yeah, it's, and it swivels and all of that. You know, so it really does work. But it's it's just fascinating to me that then we remove that joy out of a need for things to look a particular way, I guess. I don't know. Well, that, that's me messing with Bruticus later. You've just inspired me to do that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We should all do it. We should just like mix them up and refuse to post pictures the normal way. I don't know, just <laughs> really like screw with the fandom a little bit. That'd be fun. But uh, do you think many people know about the, the old repair bay modes and all of that as well? Um. I don't know how widespread this information is these days, to be honest. I remember early 2000s, most people wouldn't. I know I didn't. I didn't know that the Japanese versions had working launches for Onslaught and Silver Bolt and you know, the uh, Motormaster. So that was uh, an amazing thing to learn, that they even had a base mode. 
And then, of course, finding out those base modes connect to Metroplex in, yeah. in base mode. All that was a discovery for me in, in the 2000s. So I would not be at all surprised if there are still fans today who, who aren't aware. I remember being absolutely miffed about Metroplex as a kid, what those combiner ports were. I didn't, I never put it together until I was much older and I saw it on the internet. And I was like, oh, I just assumed there were ports for the guns to go in. I actually do remember realizing when I was a kid what those little ports on his knees and stuff could do. I remember thinking, oh, okay, you could put one of the little guys in there. It's just a shame that my little guys have all got their heads snapped off, so it actually can't be achieved. But I do remember the, the realisation, at least. The the reality was a little bit disappointing. But yeah, I did see a picture, actually, of like Metroplex and his robot mode um, kind of souped up with you know aerial bots and stuff on him as well. And it looks amazing. I think it's a really fun thing. It is cool. And uh, I really think uh, just as marketing, that, that was a whole opportunity missed. I mean, because yeah. I've got photos of when I first owned aerial bots uh, when I started collecting as an adult. I had a Metroplex at the time. I also had a Metro Titan at the time as well. So I stuck them on both of those figures. And I remember just naming those pictures Aeroplex and Aero Titan. And I just thought, well, those are actually really cool names that are really obvious uh, derivations of what they're already called when you combine them. And I think if there was any kid who bought Transformers, had Transformers, like Scramble City Bots and Metroplex, if that whole combination aspect wasn't really sold to them in the paperwork, then the trick was missed. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing now that if it was released now, they'd make a much better marketing proposition of it. It would be, I mean, it would be a whole line. First of all, it would be a whole line of toys for you know, whatever length of time it would be really pushed, you know, it would be very much on all the packaging, you know, that you you could also buy these other toys that they would work with this. Whereas, yeah, then it, it's mad to think that actually something like the base modes for Hotspot and Silverbolt interconnecting with Metroplex, it's mad to think that that is like a niche piece of knowledge, even today in the fandom, that like people have those toys and don't even realize it can do that. Uh, it just seems bizarre to me. Why do you think it was left out? I I have have a feeling that it was possibly constrained by the whole Autobot Decepticon thing. Am I right in saying that they can also connect to Trypticon? Do you know? Actually, I don't even know. I'll be completely the little base modes honest. Can. I thought they? they could. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes there's not the even an excuse books, there, really, is there? Yeah, there's not even an excuse there because you had faction bases and then you had faction leaders. So you'd had enough to connect Hotspot and Silverbolt to Metroplex and then you could do Onslaught and Motormaster with Trypticon. And then, of course, there was Scattershot later too. So, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's also just part of that whole rushing toys to market. Uh, you know, I mean, think oh, of all the yeah. mistakes that are just lit. I just love that Octane's box still has the Kodak box underneath yes. in the photograph that was propping up the toy in the stock well, photography. Well, you think about yeah. 86 especially, they were just absolutely gunning for it, weren't they? They were just like, let's get this stuff out to market ASAP. They were like, anything, just get it on shelves. And you can see that in the, the variety, but also the size of the toy line in 86 as well, just how much it boomed. They were like, just get this stuff out. So you could say it was a combination of factors. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I get the treatment this week. Yeah, exactly. You, you got didn't the have to scramble for that one, did you, Murph? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Yikes. Joining in. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. People are logging off now. They're just like, that's it. They're unsubscribed. 
these uh, speaking of, nerds. Speaking of those uh, Scramble City guys, though, it, it's also worth noting that in the UK, they were quite distinctly called special teams. Yes, they? I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, and it, a lot was made of it, actually, in, in the comics, especially, you know, the special teams and all of that. It was, like, really bigged up as such. The um, magical team yeah, scram- set. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Do you know, it's kind of, that's really um, made me think now about Triptychon. It's funny because I'd never, Triptychon for me is a relatively recent uh, acquisition. I never had one as a kid, never experienced one before. So yeah, I've never even, and I, I haven't actually really sat and got to grips with the base mode ever. Like I've transformed it a few times over and kind of gone, that's fun. That's nice. Well, but- what kind of person owns a toy that's got a base mode like that and then doesn't transform it? I have transformed it many times. I have transformed it with my boy as well, and he enjoyed it a lot, but there wasn't How's a lot of time. How's that format going, Matt? Well, I was yeah, just leading him. I was setting I him up for that. Like, <laughs> Do you know, I'm surprised I missed that one, but yeah, how is it going, Maz? <laughs> I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> I actually have I have transformed mine, and uh, but yeah, with... with with the with the little one, there wasn't really much uh, experimentation of including other toys going on and whatever, and seeing how they combine. But I'm definitely going to give it a go now. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun with MicroMasters as well. Just uh, populating that extended base mode is just going to be brilliant. And and that's kind of what I was talking about in episode one with how cool base modes are. I'm just I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Yeah, you know my feelings about base modes. Well, what what do you well? How do you rate the ones on the Scramble City leaders then? Like as far as oh, I, of- I, I I'm a huge fan of Hotspot's little repair bay mode. I think that is super cool. I think it's uh, really really nice. I like the others actually. I mean, I like that they come with little ramps, um, apologetic or or non, but uh, they're they're really cool. You know, so like um, the fact that Onslaught has his little ramp, you can kind of ram in between his legs and stuff. I think that's it's a nice little feature. And uh, I think it's cool. It's funny actually thinking about it because I wonder how many kids really made the most of that. You've got this whole accessory in the box, you know, this ramp that probably actually for a lot of times just kind of went, uh, you know, kind of fell by the wayside almost. So that's what I, I mean. Just it, it didn't seem to be so obvious. Hmm. And uh, speaking of special teams in the UK, did any of you ever have that special teams poster? Yes. That's a, such a beautiful piece of work, isn't it? Yes. And it's something I didn't have uh, as a young'un, and I only got it um, off eBay a couple of years ago. And I was so inspired by that whole thing that, I mean, when we were doing the uh, Great Cybertronian write-off, hashtag GCWO, check it out, it was almost based entirely on the design of that um, poster, the the fonts, the layout of the different boxes and, you know, text boxes. And, I mean, we've even gone so far as to call this podcast the Special Teams yeah. Toycast. So, it, you know, for those of us who grew up in the UK, and even for me who didn't have combiners or Scramble City bots as a kid, I'm still inspired by that, finding out as an adult about it. I can only imagine kids who had these toys. It's a real it like signature part of the UK Transformers experience, isn't it? It was growing up. It was such a big... Because it was all over the comic as well, wasn't it? And things like that. It was always the Special Teams yeah. and that whole promotion. Yeah, it was it was a major part of it, and I think it was it really kind of stood out as its own thing. Uh, and I think those toys and them in fiction and everything they always seem kind of legendary as well. Uh, maybe because they weren't in the eighty six movie and everything as well. I don't know. Maybe that kind of set them apart a little bit somehow. Um, but it was really really interesting. But yeah, I think they were kind of legendary at the time for sure. Yeah, and I think as well because you're collecting five, it's a collection within a collection, isn't it? You. You aren't just collecting all of the toys. You're kind of going off on a little diversion to then go and get this to build this extra robot out of five other little dudes. Yeah, I think there's a real sense of accomplishment with that. I think what's um, 
may be interesting now is that actually the toys themselves are quite basic. Uh, you know, some of the Limbots and what have you. And I saw some criticism actually from a younger fan, I think. Um, I think it was on Twitter recently, and they were they saw a picture of some of the aerial bots, and they were like saying, "Oh man, you know, they look kind of goofy. Actually, they, they look pretty basic and whatever." And I was like, "Well, yeah, they they are, but kind of then, <laughs> I don't know, in a funny way, they're, they're superseded by the fact that you can get the set and then make this other toy. Do you know what I mean? So yes, as an individual thing, they're they're quite small and they're not the most intricate thing, but that doesn't matter." As I mean, I never complained about any like like Wild Rider or whatever. It never really fussed me as such. But the fact that they then can combine is very cool. But that's what makes them so special, isn't it? They are simple and they're all the same. And it's a thing that carried forward into Combiner Wars and all of those. They follow that same pattern where all of the Limbots, they're virtually identical in transformation pattern. And it's so you can convert them from robot to car to Combiner in seconds. And there's no yeah. faff. There's nothing involved. And it's just a beautifully uniform way of doing it. And Because if you look at all those Scramble City limbs, they all have the same transformation. It's pull the legs out. You flip either a front of a jet or a car or some futuristic drill tank from Total Recall over the head and job done. That's about it. But that's what makes them so good. And it made I, them yeah, cheap as well, which also tied into that. But I think that's kind of a lost art with Transformers for me. And that, that's one of the reasons I do love Combiner Wars. Is it just brought back that sense of I could combine it in in moments if there was no i don't know it was no faff to it it and i just think it's such yeah, a beautifully as, underrated uh, part of the experience yeah as someone that spent a fair bit of their time of late combining you know third party masterpiece style yeah. <laughs> combiners uh yeah i mean you you literally need to set aside half a day almost mm. you know to kind of sit and do it justice because it is just an insane amount of transforming at times and it's a lot of fun yeah but it's also yeah, it's tough on the it's tough on the hands and it is uh, it's intricate, needless to say. And with the I've com- got to say, I- with the scramble limb, sorry, I just want to say they they fit so neatly in with the transformers noise as well because you literally could transform them by going. Whereas like modern toys, you can't do that. It's you don't because they take too long. It's just not the same. And I, I think that's a really it was just that was so important to me as a kid was being able to recreate that from the cartoon. You have the aerial bot swooping in and then into a robot, and it's so fast and fun. I remember failing miserably at trying to do that with Starscream. And it was a thing. And, and I did find it important. I mean, maybe that explains why my Starscream is in the condition it's in, actually. It's a bit just falling it. off left, right, and center. Yeah. I was going to say, a fist is under the sofa and there's like a missile shot off the other side of the of room. Yeah, we're sitting there with a stopwatch going, eh, 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 did I get it? Yeah. But that, that is an important thing. I completely agree that yeah. that was uh, something I tried to recreate as a child. But also, I understand the other side of the coin. Because the only Scramble City bot I had as a child was Air Raid, and it was after all the other Transformers I'd owned as a kid. So I had cars and jets, which were obviously Diaclone and Microman style things. Then I had uh, Headmasters, which uh, were a very specific type of toy, still very enjoyable, and movie bots. Then I had one Micromaster base, which was Skystalker. Then it was um, (laughs) Sunstreaker. Yeah, it is. Then Sunstreaker which was, again, a throwback to what originally made me fall in love with the toys as a child, as a younger child. Then it was Air Raid, was the very last one. And that was so... Was it a gold box? No, it actually wasn't. I bought it in Cyprus in the 90s, early 90s, 89 or 90, but it was not a gold box one. I've checked the copyright, and I seem to remember it had the grid card. The only gold box I had was Sunstreaker, also bought Mm. in Cyprus, actually. But no, Air Raid was, um, was the first sort of peghead I had and it struck me as so very different to everything I'd owned previously and it was a bit of a, a culture shock 
because uh, it had a really cool jet mode, reminded me a lot of Skywarp that I really coveted. But then the robot mode was so weird compared to all the Transformers I'd had before. So I can totally understand why people looking back now at those combiners find them a little bit strange, even as G1 toys, because I'd missed out on all of those, um, you know, like Fizzle and things like Wildfly, Monstructor Bots, all those Transformers that were that style of design with the tiny heads. I missed out on all of those as a kid. So getting into them as an adult has made it much more understandable for me. Do you think those original Scramble City special teams guys, do you think they work better as sets? Yes, and I think Hasbro knew that too, which is why we got these glorious gift sets. Yeah, which I've I've never owned a single one of them. I've always I, I remember at one point had a real kind of uh, ambition, you know, like a, a kind of dream almost of like, oh yeah, you know, getting a superior gift set, and then it just quickly became apparent that actually the easiest way to get those toys is not that route. Mate, I I can't even express how much being more than the sum of its parts is um, evident with G1 gift sets. Yeah. The first combiner I ever owned fully was as a, I think I was 19. Went to that collector's store I talked about in Croydon. The guy had a Devastator gift set. And based on what I had watched in the cartoons, Devastator was the combiner to me. And I bought that in a gift set. And that experience will never leave me. Just getting them all in the massive box with the artwork, getting them all out individually, using the instructions to create Devastator. But then, of course, I realized that many children, their parents would have bought them an entire line of combiners as singles. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like buy one one week, buy one. Not everyone had that experience. Some people just got the whole lot as one. That was pretty much mine was each week for like a month, it'd be when we go shopping, you'd get one, you'd get a limb and you'd pick it. And then you would pick the team, wouldn't you? You're like, which one am I going for? Is it Protector Bots or Bruticus or whoever? I think the only one I ever had in the gift set was... Uh, the Stunticons, but I had them as singles as a kid, but that was much later. And I, I remember getting it off a friend. He said his mate had found two two box sets in the loft. One was Superior and one was Devastator. And he was like, oh, he'll sell you one for 50 quid. So I was like, oh, I'll have Devastator. I've never owned that toy. It turns up and it's actually the Stunticons. And I remember I couldn't enjoy it because I was so disappointed that it was <laughs> the wrong toy. But not only that was if I'd have said Superior, because I've never owned Silverbolt, is the only one of the torsos I've never owned. And so on all points, I was really gutted. And I've never forgiven him. I really, I love oh. you, Nick. <laughs> uh, I've got to give you a story about uh, UK Stunticon gift sets. And I heard this from a, from an ex-dealer in the UK. He was also called Maz. You can imagine how confusing that was when I was helping him on his stand at, uh, at a toy show. He once found um, a case box of UK G1 Stunticon gift sets that were originally, I think it was Great Ormond Street. It was given to them for free to be given out to children at Christmas. And uh, not all of them got given out. And he actually found some of the stock that hadn't been given out. I mean, as far as toy provenance goes and, and being storied items, how amazing is yeah. that? That's Although it's kind of sad that they didn't get to yeah, fulfill their purpose the in some cases. Hopefully all the kids got them and these were just leftovers that, you know, how could there ever be more menasaurs than required yeah. though? Yeah, definitely. But, but that was an amazing story. You know, finds like that could be made. It is really interesting, I think, because I, I guess growing up, for me, it was so much about, you know, collecting them individually. And, and, you know, even though I was never very successful as a kid at actually kind of making it to to big man status, 
um, you know, and, and kind of get, get them all together. But you'll um, get there. You'll get there. I'll get there eventually. You've made uh, it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotta keep trying. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do like. The you need a trouser stuff. member. <laughs> yeah, that's. The, I don't know what to say to that, honestly. <laughs> But I, I do think that there's something really appealing about the gift sets as well. And I guess now um, it's kind of the same like with some of the modern ones as well. I mean, there's no greater thrill than something like that um, Unite Warriors or Combiner Wars Devastator, for example. Getting that as a gift set, for me, that was a real a real thrill. You know, people really knock that set. And coming back to you know what you were saying about Combiner Wars, Liam. But um, actually, for me, I was amazed by how great that set was you know and and i don't think it would have been the same actually experiencing all six of those toys individually uh there's something with those six that really they are more than the sum of their parts you know to kind of coin a phrase and the the combined mode is amazing and actually there although there are flaws on the six individual robots i feel like i can easily forgive them for the kind of shared general engineering and how it kind of all comes together as a kind of cohesive whole uh and i think that that's important to acknowledge with combiners is that you're not going to have necessarily perfect individual robots there are examples where they are some that are better than others but there are always going to be i don't know compromises of some kind i guess but it as a set if it comes together then can you kind of overlook those i suppose but they have some personality don't they those different features like like you're saying about the Devastator set, it's it works so much better as a whole because if you look at the individual bots, they are very much compromised by that. So if you saw them on a shelf and you're sort of looking at them individually, they're less they're still great, but they're less appealing. So particularly if you look at someone like Longhaul, who is just a giant pair of shorts, isn't he? That's literally all he say, exists what, to be. What are you saying about my boy? <laughs> He's all big baggy shorts, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. I think I'm you sure could so- probably combine with him. Is, is that much? <laughs> indeed. I'm sure someone that likes Fuse videos will no doubt be screaming sideways elbow action at this point because I think that's the the kind of generally accepted memeable phrase when it comes to. Oh, I that forgot toy. about that. <laughs> yeah, you, you want back. your you want your individual. If there's going to be a compromise, it has to be to the benefit of the combined mode. Yes. So you just accept it, don't you? Yeah. Especially with a combined mode that special. And I've never owned that toy. All I did was put it on my shoulder and walk around TF Nation for a short while. Did you but know that I realized that Did you know that toy? Just a random fact about that. Was it was done by Hasui, wasn't it? And it was his original so. it was based on his original de- design for an MP devastator if he ever got around to doing it. He just sort yeah, of took it, it and adapted it into Combiner Wars. Very much so. Yeah, he had in mind a masterpiece devastator. Started with that. And then kind of work down and to to the generations, you know, kind of size and whatever. Well, I say size actually. That's an interesting one because, of course, we're now going to get apparently a masterpiece combiner in Raiden, and they're talking about it being eighteen inches tall, which is the same size actually as Combiner Wars Devastator. So maybe it didn't decrease in size. You know, maybe that would have been the size that he always had in mind, even maybe though part actually, count then. Maybe, yeah. Well, I def- think definitely part count. It would have been, mm. you know, stuff like it would have presumably the individual guys would have had articulated hands. You know, definitely the um, the Hasbro version would have had elbows and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the Unite Warriors version has some has more parts, but still, it's it's you know there are compromises. It is uh, amazing think, how much better the Takara one is because I've had both yeah. and getting it's the Takara one. It, yeah, it just t- it's, that's the same with Unite Warriors as a whole though. It just goes a few leaps above using the same moulds, just a few little changes here and there, like sideways yeah. elbows. <laughs> yes, indeed. It does make a huge difference. 
the only Unite Warriors set I had, and I only had it very briefly, was the Superion. And uh, I have to admit, when that arrived, looking at that set, it, it was breathtaking. It was so beautifully presented. And I'd already had a go with Combiner Wars Superion at one of our pub meets, uh, and that was an extremely impressive toy. So that's why I ordered the Unite Warriors. I just wanted that kind of gift set style with the amazing artwork uh, and the extra paint apps. But I never actually did get to open it. I just uh, I sold it off pretty soon. I realized that was not a collecting direction I wanted to go. But yes, those Unite Warriors sets were awesome and very much uh, in the vein of classic gift sets, which are such an amazing part of G1. I love those gift sets. They they really did a, a nice they really did nice justice to that whole kind of part of of 1986 and, and yeah. you know beyond whatever they did really did well with that. And of course that came from Diaclone as well because we had the Diaclone uh, construction robo gift set and we had the Diaclone train robo gift set. And yes, those toys were available individually, but also they were in these phenomenal looking gift sets. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess it is interesting. I suppose I'm just thinking of like, you're talking about, you know, those compromises and whatever. Maybe then if you do get them as a gift set, it makes the compromises a bit easier to swallow somehow because you're, you know, you're looking at them as a holistic set. You know, you're thinking of, uh, chances are you're going to, you know, whiz through the individuals and then get to the combined mode, possibly in one sitting, particularly if it's G1 toys, you know what I mean, which aren't so complicated. Uh, you know, if it's Masterpiece or whatever, then you know, maybe take your time with it a bit yeah. more. I don't know. But, um, you know, maybe there's an assumption that most fans, collectors, kids, whatever, will get to the combined mode as quickly as possible. So actually some compromises along the way are kind of okay. Yeah, well, the gift sets have the pictures of the combiners on the front, don't they? So they are very much sold as that's what you're buying. You're, you know, it's not the individual characters. You're there for the for the big robot, aren't you? So it's a different mindset, definitely a different mindset. Yeah, but they were so clever in doing both, weren't they? Because they knew that most people will probably buy the nice cheap single and they would just make tons of gifts, you know, much more likely to buy that than, than a big old expensive gift set. So it was, but the gift set makes maybe an even better Christmas present, but maybe not just like a one-off present. Maybe that's why they didn't push the idea then of like, you know, that you can scramble beyond the, the, the teams themselves, you know, so you can like mix Bruticus with Menasaur, for example. Maybe that's why they didn't, because they like the idea of actually kind of locking you into like, you want to complete this character, for example. And actually, if you know, if you can um, interchange the arms and legs too much beyond sets, then you know it kind of takes away from that that sort of appeal if that makes sense like you want to complete your set of five so here's a question for you then so of those scramble city you know initial special team sets so you've got what we'll come to devastator in that maybe a bit more in a minute but you've got bruticus defensor superion uh you've got who am i who am i missing uh you've got piranacon abominus computron thank you uh and yeah so of those which was your favorite as a child or now? Yeah, either one. I think, um, well, I didn't have any of them as a kid, so it was kind of a moot point. <laughs> okay. but, you asked uh, the question. Yeah, I know. Uh, and even in the cartoons, I mean, I, I didn't see season two, much of it, until much later. So, you know, I would have had Transformers the movie. The only one I saw was Devastator. And then, mm. you know, we talked about DJ Cat not so long ago. That's when I got to see the ones in season three. So I can only really speak from an adult collecting perspective. Um, right now is when I own the proper combiners. I never really went after them, even as an adult collector. There was one combiner I went after as an adult collector, but I want to save that story for later because 
I think that deserves its own segment. Okay, and that's not, not my box. story entirely, but just that toy. Built that up. I'm excited. Uh, for that. Oh wow! I'm, I'm yeah, can't wait for later, man. But I mean, I've got, um, I've got, <laughs> I have Computron, I have Abominus, I have Superion, and Defensor. I don't okay. yet have a complete Menasaur. Uh, and I'm really surprised about the one I like the most, and it's Superion. And I always, my whole period in this fandom, Superion was always kind of mocked because of those crazy thin legs. But so many people pose it wrong and they don't flex up Silverbolt's thighs so that he's actually got really super long legs in the way that they pose him. Yeah. And he's a bit like a flamingo. But when I first combined that toy about maybe I think about four years ago or five years ago, my first ever experience with a Superion, I was blown away, man. It's just such a pretty toy. It's beautiful. It's an amazing head sculpt that sort of gets lost in the entirely black plastic look of Superion's head. And um, the really lovely gold chrome on him as well. When combined fully and the right way that you know the instructions imply, I'm really blown away by Superion. I still am. And I still think that my photos of Superion always do better numbers on social than the photos I have of Defensor and Computron and Bruticus uh, and, and Abominus. Just, there's something about Superion. I, I love the way he looks. Mm. It's a really interesting one. There's something that works about the set as well. The fact that they're, and it sounds silly, but they're all jets, you know, and it's kind of quite pure in its concept in that way. Uh, and it's a bit different for Autobots as well. And yeah, but I do agree. I think the chrome and everything on that combined mode is amazing for sure. Uh, on, um, oh, just going to ask on Silverbolt, he has a base mode, doesn't he? We were talking about it earlier. But um, right. the Japanese one is spring loaded, isn't it? Same with Onslaught. Yeah, but that's not the case for the Western ones, is it? No, we didn't get the spring-loaded versions in the West. Oh, I was just very interested in that because I literally only discovered that it had a spring-loaded base mode this week. So <laughs> I thought, what better time to talk about it? <laughs> well, that was one of the bonuses of the Encore gift set version of Bruticus because it would have been based on the original Japanese Takara release of, of the Combaticons. So it would have had that feature reinstated? Right? Yeah, and it does. Yeah. Hmm. So Liam, do you have a do you have a favourite of that lot? I do. It would be Computron. I was quite lucky. Mm-hmm. I had a nearly. I had most of the combiners, but that one always stands out because I suppose it's. I think it hits at the right age because had the Stuntacons and they were quite good. They just looked a bit like a box, series of luggage on top of each other, so they weren't that exciting. But the but Computron, man, it's just lots of different spaceships, spacey vehicles, a drill tank, and it's just so I don't know so much more varied than the other ones i think because they're all cars. tron bike tron bike there we go amazing head sculpt on computron oh, yes and scattershot has that strange cannon but there's obviously a feature there which i never knew what it was meant to be as a kid you know how it's sort of spring-loaded opens up looks yeah. a little bit dicey but uh... strange, strange placement on that one sometimes yeah. Very suggestive toy, but <laughs> yes, yes, he's got a, a large cannon. Yeah, but I, I think out of all of those sort of, I don't know, I don't know if you go maybe pre eighty six or eighty six and before. To me, that's the most inventive looking one. There's, it's just got so much personality compared to any others because there's nothing uniform about him. Everything is different, and it just, I don't know, it's a very fun toy. All the little toys are really fun as well. Yeah, they are. It's a good set. It's interesting you mentioned about the uniformity of it um, because. Or, or, or lack thereof, I suppose. Although it is quite uniform, I guess, in that they do share a color palette, at least with the Technobots. There's a, there's a, there's variation. It's coherent. In, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a lot the, of white these, and red, I suppose. But well, they all have the, they're like obviously um, 
you know, they all have the kind of individual uh, bits, don't they? Like Afterburner, for example, is a slightly different color, you know, the orange and things to, to some of the others. So they do kind of mix Nose up. Nosecone is very brown as well, isn't he? Nosecone is very brown. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, but they, but there is a kind of cohesive palette there, at least, you know, they kind of share. Um, whereas actually some of them, like Abominus is a good example, are just completely off the map in terms of color. Um, and and I, Stunticons as well. Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I see. I see a lot of people sometimes prefer when there is a kind of uniform palette, like with Piranacon, for example. Um, you know, people or Devastator. People seem to really like that. I don't really have a preference either way. I don't think it matters. What about you, mate? What's your What's your favorite? Um, I think it's a It's a good question. I would be tempted to maybe take a swing for Defensor because I think he's super underrated. I think the individual toys are all beautiful. I know people mm. kind of. Uh, you know, I feel a bit so-so about Groove a lot of the time, and like you know, kind of feel he's a bit a bit ropey or whatever. But I don't think that. I think it's a lovely oh, toy. Groove, Groove's great. Groove yeah. in Italy was called Chips, oh, well, based go. on the Another cop show in the it. US. Yeah, Groove is awesome. Say what you want. I think in many ways the Protector Bots is also very pure of concept. You know, because like look at something like Streetwise, for example, which you know, even in his robot mode, has that kind of cop look to him, you know, and it works really, really well. Uh, you know, actually, even Defensor as a combined mode has elements of kind of all of the emergency services kind of coming together. You know, it kind of, again, yeah. has the kind of shades and things like that. He looks it looks like a wall as well, doesn't well. he? It's got, it's, got, it's got that sort of yeah. defensive wall sort of posture. Yeah, brilliant. It, it, works, it works so well. I like that the, the combined mode head is integrated. It's a little yeah. bit different. Uh, I think Very Hotspot cool. as as a leader is probably my favorite. I love the blue fire engine; just always yeah. captured my imagination for one reason or another. Agreed. The stickers on that set are immense. Uh, you know, I just think it works really nicely, and there's a bit of variety. You know, you get obviously blades as a helicopter. You know, you get kind of a couple of land vehicles, a motorcycle, which is quite unusual in Transformers to begin with. It's cool, and fire engines, which are a big. I'm a, I'm a big fan of fire engines, so. So yeah, I'd and a great it. head sculpt again, a terrific yes. head sculpt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on even on the the little guys as well, like mm-hmm. you know, first aid, for example. Um, you know, that's to me is a is a great looking toy, really, really lovely. And you get all the kind of fun with the metal chest variants and all of that kind of mm-hmm. malarkey. So I, yeah, there's a lot lot to be said. I think I think I had the most thrill. I, I have all of those Scramble City guys and Pranacon and whatever. I had the most fun getting together the protector bots, I think. It's a really lovely set. It must be the most ubiquitous... Uh, ubiqu- oh, I'm turning to mass. <laughs> the most ubiquitous set of uh, combiner toys, hasn't it? Because even today, you can still walk into a charity shop anyway and you'll still find one of the protector bots in like the little boxes of toys. It's always first aid. Yes, quite often. Quite often, yeah, 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 definitely. I, I think the the Combaticons are close, though. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, the Combaticons are plentiful. Let's say they they pop up all the time in various kind of conditions and whatever. But and they're still so obtainable in fantastic yeah. condition. If you don't mind buying gold carded versions from the classic era, which is what what I did yeah. was you know mm-hmm. what I did, and and you know you can literally get you know all of the the gold card versions for next to no money actually even right. so but we were talking about experiencing the combiner instead of the limbs especially when sold as a gift set for me there's been no more enjoyable way to experience the individual bots than stickering them because stickering bruticus and stickering abominus really made me focus on those individual bots and they got the credit they deserved i think 
in terms of an experience. They didn't just go straight into combine mode and into the display and photograph that way. I got to experience each one individually and got to know them a little bit. And now I recognize the sticker sheets for each one. So I definitely think that really helped making me appreciate the individual guys. Yeah, I could see that actually. I think I had a similar thing with the with the Terracons because I'd only ever owned Ripper Snapper, I think, um, who it only occurred to me recently. I think I did tweet about this that I, I think I was, you know, only a couple of years ago that it occurred to me that that's a pun on Whipper Snapper. It just right. never, I don't know why that I'd never, anyway, it's a silly thing. But uh, yeah, no, I think going through, I'd only ever had that one toy and going through the set um, and stickering them up, you know, cutthroat, all those guys, definitely I would agree with you. It just kind of allows you to appreciate each one rather than just going, oh, jam them into a bobbinus quick. So yeah, it, it does make a difference for sure. That's why those reissues are so great. Reissue Devastator, reissue Bruticus. It, it makes such a difference to be able to experience it that way fully. What's what's your just kind of going back, I guess, then to Devastator, um, just briefly, because of course he's you know, in many people's eyes, the kind of I suppose the 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 grand poo bar of 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 you know combiners in Transformers. What's your take then on him versus some of the Scramble City guys? Because they're very different, you know, and and it's interesting that we talk about the flexibility of Scramble City, but actually people in some ways don't kind of want that. You know, they want them in a particular configuration, whereas Devastator is set. But it, you know, more cohesive in color scheme, but also more individual, uh, you know, more asymmetrical in many ways in terms of how it comes together. Do you guys have a preference? Oh, Devastator wins hands down for me. You asked the question in the 1984 episode who we felt was the best color scheme change from Diaclone to Transformers for 84. Surely, overall, there can't be anything better than the way Devastator got his colors as green and purple through and through from the very mix and match yellow, orange, red, blue of of the two Diaclone versions. Devastator is a a superb combiner. I love that all the members are the same size. I love that the combine mode has so much of those vehicle construction elements visible in combined mode. I love that he's asymmetrical because every single corner of him has huge amounts of character. And I think that's, um, that's reproduced really well in Bruticus as well with the shuttle nose, the cannon on brawl, and the blades of Vortex. I think they do that really well with Bruticus as well. And of course, Onslaught's cannons up at the back. Yes. And I think Devastator is absolute perfection as far as um, combination goes. And I love how he combines as well. It, it's added variety. But yeah, you don't get the, the interchanged limbs, but it's amazing how little I care about that because of how good Devastator looks. And, and yeah. it's to play with. I, I kind of agree, and, and as I say, actually, it's interesting that people always cite the interchangeable limbs as a as a as a nice feature, but then actually don't use it. So maybe it's a bit redundant. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I like the feet on Devastator. I think that's kind of my favorite part of the whole bit. Like yeah, Transformers the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, in Transformers the movie, when he is forming, I mean, that's just perfect, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's amazing. The way it's Scrapper it, yeah. and Mixmaster, and then they just pile on top. It's just. Uh, and it makes the toy better. You just yeah. enjoy it even more. And those individual Constructicons are such good toys. Bone Crusher, Hook, and Mixmaster, especially. Like, did you like with with Hook? Um, is it Hook I'm thinking about? Yeah. If you just pull him apart the way you're supposed to for transformation, he just becomes like an articulated little crane truck, mm. which can actually turn. And Bone Crusher has one of the most fun transformations of any limb bot across any G1 combiner. And I love that about that toy. 
And it's kind of why I really like Raiden as well, because it kind of follows the same uniqueness and, you know, how good the individual and varied the individuals are and not having one main leader and four stick-ons. I, mm. I like this type of combiner more, I think. That's interesting. Does it make a difference? I think I already know the answer then, but it's just <laughs> worth throwing out there because it is an interesting one again. Does it make a difference to either of you about having you know, parts forming and things like that. Because, of course, something like Devastator has more parts, I think, it's fair to say, you know, because stuff like the hips uh, and things like that are kind of formed from a separate piece, you know, the head, uh, the whole of the forearms and the arms themselves. The feet actually are integrated, so that's something. But then, you know, versus the Scramble City guys, you know, particularly Defensor, as I already kind of said, because the head is integrated, but they're typically, you know, you maybe get a head, a chest plate, uh, feet and hands. Um, I don't know, Does that is that something that bothers you or not? I don't mind parts forming. I know a lot of people don't like it, but for me, I quite like more accessories and more little bits and bobs because it was like Computron's chest shield is like a separate piece, isn't it? But I always quite liked it became its own little spaceship in my mind. It might not have been intended to be that, but I've never been never been fussed about parts forming. As long as it makes the toys better, doesn't it, in a lot of senses as well, because it doesn't then limit what you can do with the little bots. And I've, yeah, never had a yeah. problem with it. I think it's a Devastator. Never owned Look a Devastator, the... so... Oh, the, the power shovel with the massive wing attached is, is fantastic. <laughs> I love how those parts integrate on each Constructicon to give it an attack mode that is Even advertised in the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, power shovel. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the whole thing kind of came to a head a bit maybe in when you know you started getting third party masterpiece combiners again. I'll kind of keep referring to it because obviously for you know a lot of people maybe in the fandom that's kind of their now how they see those things in ultimate form if that sort of makes sense ultimate toy form because mm. they're just so big and whatever else but i think what you've also kind of got then with the masterpiece or third party masterpiece takes is very different ways that they kind of integrate or kind of interpret what makes a good combiner so you know now we've got stuff like ocular max who are doing integrated combiners you know everything no parts forming everything's in there the fists are inside all of that but then you've also got on the other end of the spectrum, stuff like Zeta Toys, who, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but it's, I mean, I actually think it's very clever, the engineering, but, you know, you get like a whole, uh, you know, the torso and actually the head and the thighs and everything is a separate piece. And then the, the uh, you know, the, the individual robots kind of plug into that. So, of course, the arm and leg guys do become the arms and legs, but typically the commander bot, so like in the case of Bruticus, for example, Onslaught just kind of plugs in as like a box into the back of this sort of preformed torso section. It's the same on Zeta Superion. Uh, you know, Silver Bolt just kind of plugs in the back. So, you know, in theory, yes, you can form without, you know, Silver Bolt, for example, but it would just be very, very hollow. You know, you kind of, if you look at it from the back, you would see that half of it was missing. Um, but I think that's really interesting as well, because then it, I saw... Uh, at the time, you know, when you post pictures of this stuff, because I have those toys, it creates huge divide online about how, you know, kind of the very nature of parts forming and how it's used and what's acceptable, what's not and whatever else. I just think it's really interesting. Do you know, I really do wonder if people are as satisfied as they say with this kind of genius engineering that allows everything to be integrated. Because as impressive yeah. as that is... I don't think it trumps fun. And I if you look at something like God Jinrai, that thing just comes apart into a billion pieces, but it is so fun to snap those pieces on, clunk, 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 and you build up this robot in a really easy fashion. And I will always prefer 
something to parts form and be fun. Like if those uh, Zeta toys combiners, if actually putting it together is super fun and easy and not challenging or far too intricate, like I heard the fans project Menasaur was, mm. then I'll always prefer that. And it's why I really don't have any problem with that concept because the MicroMaster 6 combiners from Takara, well, you know, they come with yes. a, a torso and they come with trousers. There's not even a trouser member. I, I mean, it's I totally actually, going against the whole thing we said earlier, but they are so fun. I actually, actually, that was what I compared the compared the Zeta combiners to online. I think I actually made a post and said, you know, if you don't like these, you're really going to hate the <laughs> actual official, you know, MicroMaster mm. combiner toys because it's exactly the same thing. You know, it's a torso with a head that you plug all of the smaller guys into to make the combined mode. And I think you're, I personally agree with you. I mean, to take the Oculamax. Uh, Combaticons as one example. I mean, I've made videos about these things, so it's all out there if people want to watch it or whatever. You can hear all of my opinions on the individual things, whatever. But I actually think that they're great toys. I really love it as a set. I The weakest part for me is the combined mode because there are compromises because of how fully integrated it all is and whatever else i think individually they work exceptionally well although there are still compromises because of it you know like you lose some proportions here and there on like onslaught for example their onslaught you know because of how it needs to to form the torso and and whatever and uh you know obviously with the the you know the arm guys you've got to take into account the fact that they've got a great big honking hand just kind of sitting inside their legs and things like that um so there are there are compromises along the way and it doesn't make the transformation any easier, actually. If anything, there's kind of more to take, a, to take into account and things like that. But it's an achievement, and it's, it's an engineering achievement. It's obviously right. a goal that they set. And, and you can respect it on that basis because it's not something that's been done a lot within the realm of combiners you know, throughout the years. I mean, another toy I wanted to mention later is uh, Car Robots JRX, Rail Racer. Yes. I mean, yeah. That does it pretty damn great, doesn't it? So it's yeah. possible, but I can understand why they went that route because they wanted to use that as a primary selling point of their particular product in a yeah, market that's pretty saturated. I, I think they, and that, I agree with you, they've done exceptionally well. And I do admire it. I think the set, as I say, overall, I think it's a marvelous set, their Combaticons, Ocular Max. And I really am very much looking forward to their Defense Hall that they're now doing as well, which has got the same principle, all integrated. You know, it looks immaculate, really excited. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of uniqueness there. I just think it's interesting that it plays in a very different way and that you've got these two extremes in the third party world, you know, of like extreme parts forming and zero parts forming. Uh, it's, it's really, really funny to me that that's kind of become the divide, if you like, in terms of how combiners are interpreted in that world. It's really, really funny. I think that's so good, though, because it it does something different, doesn't it? It gives you some variety rather than everybody trying to do the exact same thing. You get these completely different versions of the same thing, but yeah. different approaches to it. So there's something for everyone. But I think what you were saying, Maz, about the fun, I think that speaks to sort of like the split we have from when you look at like the vintage toys, they're made for kids, aren't they? And they're, they're there to be fun. Whereas a lot of the third party now, they're targeted at adults and it moves from being a toy to almost being like a collector sort of product, doesn't it? And it's mm -hmm. yeah. designed first and foremost to look a certain way and to fit on a shelf for display purposes heft. it's not really there heft. yeah more diecast <laughs> for, for men you know heft diecast but it's, but it's going back to that word isn't it that accuracy it's so much of it is driven by accuracy and because if it doesn't look accurate you'll get like a thousand twitter complaints and a campaign until it's changed for their 
elbow screw to be in the right place or some nonsense. I get like it. I, I was, um, you know, I was attracted to the same thing, and it was someone who did a custom of uh, Predaking. They built, they scratch built their own Predaking. I wish I could remember the name of what they called that custom because it was really widely shared, and it deserves recognition. I can't remember what he called it, but it was incredible. And then Feral Rex came along. And that is the thing that got me into third party at the time. Yeah, it's, it's I wanted that. Feral Rex because it still looks superb. It's amazing. And, uh, and those individual bots were kick-ass. Yes, agreed. They were so fun. Yeah. There wasn't really many compromises in Feral Rex, I don't think. There was, there was the a integrity few, of the thing uh, as a combiner. Yeah, it didn't hang it together. It wasn't poseable, and it, it looked beautiful, but it had handling, no. They needed to release rubber pads for yeah. it, you know, yeah. like on the bottom. Yeah, because it would slide over. But uh, but to look at, it was beautiful, I would yeah. say. Uh, it was actually, individual robots were so fun. They were. Yeah. Great toys. It was actually your photos that sold me on it at the time, I remember. Me too. Yeah, well, that, it was. Was it possibly the um, the headstrong as a leg next to Masterpiece Prowl? It was. I mean, that's what made me realize I want. I want all of them because yeah. if that's what one leg is like, I mean, the leg was a mode. It was an acceptable display mode. That's how good it looked with the foot attached. Mm. There was tons of parts forming on that toy. What do you call yeah. it? Amb- ambulon mode. Yeah, am- ambulon mode. Yes, yeah. I remember. There you go. Yeah. It was such a novelty at that time, though, wasn't it? third-party combiners and seeing because we still hadn't even had combiner wars at that point so combiners coming back was still really new i think it was um was it who was it who did the first devastator i want to say toy not toy world was it hercules Hercules, Hercules. thinking of hercules yeah and then there was make toys did theirs um green giant green giant hercules was fantastic as well that's still fun toy toy. can do the run (laughs) hercules can do the run Really? He has an outward leg ankle tilt and he can balance in that way that he can pull off an actual robotic one-legged run. That's how good that toy is. Mm. But this is it's weird now because now we're in a world where these characters are done, you know, by multiple companies. I mean, we've just uh we're coming to the end now, although Fans Toys is still doing theirs, of three different sets of stunticons, for example. And, you know, it, it all gets a bit tribal as well. And I think I can understand sort of why it is because, you know, people buy into a particular set, you know, they're like, okay, I'm going to jump on board with DX9 or X-Transbots or whatever. And then, of course, you know, you're very often buying these things before the full set is even really seen. I mean, it's becoming more and more common, actually, I think, to not even see fan stories is a great example. You know, you've got, um, we're on the third, fourth one now. And we, yeah, fourth one of the fan story set out of five, Stundercons, we still haven't, seen more than a render of the combined mode uh and that's not even i don't think in color from memory <laughs> you know so it's uh you know we don't even really know how big they are like they haven't yet confirmed how tall the thing is going to be so all of these question marks you buy around faith, this project you? you really are and they're expensive mm. as well you know so it's it's a big old thing that you're asking people to buy into so maybe it's kind of natural that people kind of i don't know froth at the mouth a little bit when kind of defending these things do you know what i mean because it's you know isn't it also to do with the realm of collector that these have moved into i mean when you think about hercules and feral rex these were generations class figures weren't they they were aimed at fulfilling generations collections and now obviously these combiners have moved on to masterpiece level and masterpiece comes with its baggage of having to be screen accurate they're no longer stylized you know like feral rex was stylized fans project um menasaur was very stylized 
that but gorgeous make toys a... defensor i've always wanted that it looks amazing and the computron do you remember that it was so pointy oh yeah 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 what was it called uh quantron yeah. no quantron yeah quantron. Uh, what I was quantron. Was with, with the bow with the massive uh quantron was gorgeous there's I never so much inventiveness it, there isn't there so inventive yeah, yeah. but i think maybe moving into the realm of masterpiece has created a, a different kind of fan response to to the different options available maybe yeah, i think maybe you'd I know think... better than me no, no, you're absolutely right. It really has. And I think actually it's been the, the menasaurs that have really kind of brought that to a head because, you know, even with like Bruticus or whatever, you know, there's some room for interpretation in terms of how that's done. Whereas with menasaur, it's a very distinct look. And then you get the question of people being like, well, why can't you put the cars on the front of the knees? And it's like, well, mm. it's not done that way in the cartoon. And then you get people saying, but it looks better. You know, it would look better if they were on the front of the knees. And other people are like, oh, but it's not screen accurate. You know, and all of, you get that whole kind of mess of, you know, whatever. And so I think it's really kind of brought out some of the, the kind of more divisive um, conversations, if you like, about what people want from these combiners. And particularly with three sets going off all at once, you know, <laughs> they all kind of started roughly around the same time. Two of them now are coming to a head. Uh, you know, at least one of them people have been a bit underwhelmed with in the in the kind of final throws of it. You know, it, it it's been a real tricky situation, I think, for a lot of people. It's created huge debate, for sure. You, you remember people complained about the lead time of the Feral Rex guys, about yeah. how long it took them from first release to... Final, quick. but comparatively, yeah. it was quick. <laughs> relatively, yeah. yeah. Comparative to now, certainly. I mean, fans' toys, um, they've been going with their stunticons for some time now. I'd need to look when the first one came out, but it's a couple of years at least, good couple of years. And we still, as I say, still no idea really what's going to happen with that combined mode. You know, there's supposed to actually be a second. This blows my mind, actually. For me, it was how the three uh, menasaurs combined because they've all got their own kind of unique ways of doing it. Um, but all three of them have that heavily parts forming aspect to it. But Fans Toys, apparently, there is going to be a second trailer. So they have their Motormaster out already, which is a very nice toy, has to be said. It's beautiful and it's all integrated. So it's cool because, you know, you get the trailer and the cab of the Motormaster transform into that robot. So it's a real thing to see. The engineering is quite incredible. I'm someone that thinks that a lot of Fans Toys products are often over-engineered, but this does it very, very well. And uh, But then apparently you're going to have to get a second trailer to make the combined mode, which is kind of weird, and we haven't seen that at all. So it's 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 just a strange one, I guess. That's been a very disappointing consequence of third-party combiners, or development, I suppose, because there's, there's a couple of them that have done that now, haven't they, where the combined mode is actually like a separate add-on part you have to buy later. And I think when you're buying into a set at the beginning, that should be up front and on the table, and I don't think it always has been. Yeah, I guess that's what we were saying about Zeta is that they have that, but but it was always advertised with with Zeta. I think actually, to be fair, I would say now if you don't have that solution, you know, that yeah. kind of like that that separate body solution for the combined mode, you're not going to have something that I think a lot of people now expect a masterpiece combiner to look like that. If that makes sense, yeah. it's just not feasible to have five normal size robots go to something the scale of which people kind of demand and not have some solution in order to kind of get between the two. Uh, you know, and, and you see that with uh, actually the integrated guys from Ocular Max. You know, the combined mode actually ends up being smaller than what most people consider. It's actually the same height as Combiner Wars Devastator, interestingly. And now, back to Transformers Generation 2. Speaking of combiners and 
this whole thing, this whole phenomenon of combiners. I mean, it's got to the point now that toys that aren't originally combining figures, I'm thinking of the Dinobots, now have yes. officially canon Volcanicus. You know, they now have a combined mode because combining was such a big thing for Hasbro during the Combiner Wars line and just, you know, Power of the Primes, that kind of era, to the point where, you know, fans have done fan art of combining Dinobots for years and, you know, some people maybe even kit-bashed G1 uh, Dinobots into a combined form. And now we have an official Dinobot combiner. I don't know. Did we need that? <laughs> it's a, few a weird one. party ones as well, aren't there? There are a couple of them. Uh, yeah, right. there is. There is. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's a, it's a weird one. I've got to be honest. I'm not... This is probably the traditionalist in me. It's not something I'm fussed about personally, I guess. But I do also know that some people love it. So... I guess it's courses for horses. Well, look, we've got Ironhide and Prowl and Sunstreaker and Wheeljack combining with Prime in Combiner Wars, you know, all that kind of stuff. Skylink. Wind and Darkwing. There you go. It's just everyone's a combiner now. You were talking about everyone's a yeah. headmaster. Every, yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. a combiner. I guess on that basis, I mean, it's like RID 2015, isn't it, where the Autobots suddenly combine and it's like, what? Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, but, but actually, in the context of the story, it's very, very cool and it works mm. really well. So. I guess if you just think of it like that, I don't know. Um, it did bleed into the fiction, didn't it, as well? Because IDW did that with the the little enigma of combination where literally everybody could transform or combine together, couldn't they? And they did that quite often. Yeah, because they did one on Earth as well where they were under the sea and there's a whole bunch of like seekers all combined together and things like that. And it is just that the little MacGuffins thrown out and suddenly they can all combine. But it was, in some mm. ways it was quite good because we got new characters for those teams as well, like Defense Org got Rook. Uh, yeah. The robot's got Alpha Bravo. Alpha Bravo, yeah, which was a cool toy. Yeah, a... just just going back a minute. You said they were under the sea. Yeah, there's like this whole uh... Octonauts crossover. Anyone? I'm just uh, <laughs> throwing that out there. You know, Octonauts no? into Abominus. Yeah, Abominus. maybe the little maybe. tiny bear faced Predacons. Ominous, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Octonomous. <laughs> Octominous. That's the, that's that's better. Yeah, there you go. Well done, Liam. <laughs> yeah. uh, yay, we got there. Uh, so here's one for you. Um, obviously, Predaking, we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But I also had in mind about combiners that do other stuff as well. Uh, and by that, I'm talking about obviously there are you know the pretender monsters, which are pretenders that also combine. Uh, there's Piranacon, who's also technically a target master. Mm-hmm. Would you class him as such? Well, yeah, because they can all turn into guns, can't they? They can, they can. Well, one one specifically is kind of, or maybe two of them are better as guns, but yeah, in theory, they can all do it. Uh, that was kind of a new unusual one. Uh, so I really like that one. I just love uh, that about that later era, though, where they are just chucking everything together like that. They're smashing together other concepts that they've already used into different ways. Again, yeah, I always really thought that was kind of fun. cool. I think the, um, the Pretender Monsters are very fun toys. I think they're really, really cool. And uh, I think, actually, the tiniest combiner as well. I'm trying to think of a smaller combined mode than that because it's smaller. No, I, I think than... it's, yeah, it's smaller than the six combiners, the MicroMaster combiners. It is, yeah, combiners. smaller yeah. than the MicroMaster combiners, yeah. um, which is quite something, uh, you know, because they're not big by any means. But, um, but yeah, this is these these guys really, really are very, very small indeed. So, But uh, a, a combiner in G1 I haven't owned and I've heard nothing but great things about is Landcross. 
oh. because of the way that that specifically does the combining. That's a toy I can't wait to experience because I've heard so many Either. good things about it. Have you, have you got one, Liam? You've not got it. No, you? Oh. no, it's another source of regret. I remember seeing them in when they were issued. Oh, what was mm. it? Was it in Universe? And they were sort of popped into that subline under different names. Uh, yes, it. Well, not Landcross, uh, not in Universe. I don't think. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head now. They they did do all the six combiners in yeah. well some of them in universe so they did like um, and Energon as well it was even yeah. Energon too oh, right. yeah I yeah the Landcross people were in there. no I don't think Landcross came over to oh, right. Hasbro no, never no, never never got a Hasbro release just uh, but they did do a reissue in in you know, Takara so there was the Maybe original that's what one I'm thinking of. yeah. Yeah, and then there's a reissue set. They were the reissue was sold alongside the six combiners, and actually it was marketed as a MicroMaster, MicroMaster although yeah. it is taller yeah. um, than the six combiners. Um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful set. The real beauty of it is the combined mode slaps purely purely <laughs> and simply. It's it's a head sculpt for the ages as well. Like you talk about combined mode head sculpt, that is one that as soon as I saw it in hand, the head sculpt is like you take it out the box, you know, you've just got the head. It's one that you just go, oh, that's good. You know, it's like really just nicely angular. It's a classic, handsome G1 head sculpt. Um, but then as well, there's just tons of fun to be had because, of course, all of the little robots are cool. All of the little vehicles are cool. But then they all combine as well. So they've kind of got the the Superlink gimmick almost of two robots, you know, one being the trousers. Uh, you know, they've got all of that going on. But then they also combine into a big man mode. So it's... Probably one of the combiners, actually, G1, that I spent the most time with. Just literally going through all the various permutations of, like, he can combine with him and in this way, and actually he can become the top or the bottom and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, definitely one to, to get, for sure. Okay, so we've already talked a bit about some of the more traditional, I suppose, combiners, like Scramble City and all of that kind of jazz. We have done a couple of the the more unusual ones, but there are some real standalones in G1 as well that have kind of become franchise mainstays. I mean, one obvious one that we've already kind of touched on is Predaking, of course, who I think in some people's minds anyway is like almost kind of devastator level of like um, A-list combiner, no? Definitely. Definitely. Is, I mean, um, first of all, he, it's, um, I think his original name was Giganticus. That's, that was one little factoid I want to chuck in there. It had this really right? amazing original name that's on the model sheet for it. I think it was Giganticus or something like that. Um, that is like Devastator in that all of the bots are roughly the same size. And growing up, I had no idea that Predator King existed. The others, I sort of, came to realize of their you know existence in the you know as i grew up and cartoons and catching up with the other episodes then in the late 90s i just we didn't get predacons in the uk they did in europe but i didn't know that and in the us obviously it was a big deal and then in japan obviously they had the predaking gift set and i remember when the predaking gift set was a top of the list in terms of fandom desirables because they didn't get a gift set in the us and we didn't get Predacons in the UK. So these were really fascinating toys. And per- combiners are just huge for G1 fans anyway. Not for me as a kid. Totally got into them as an adult. So the first time I ever saw a Predaking was back in the late 90s. There was a collector chain called Offworld, which used yeah. to do shows and used to run a lot of shows as well as showmasters. And they had a big store in Romford uh, out in East London. And also they had a big store in Luton. And I remember the first time I went to Luton and saw this store 
you know, th this was like heaven because they had this rotating display and in it was a G1 swoop. First time I'd ever seen that. And then they had a Predaking gift set as well. And at that moment, I didn't know what Predaking was. It just looked like this amazing thing. Thought, okay, well, that's Transformers. Okay, if you say so. Then I started to learn more about the toy and man, the, the desire for that toy was incredible. And, and I started to buy them one by one and a fully combined Predaking compared to other combiners in G1. I mean, it's just something else, isn't it? The size and the look and the, the wings that come out here, it basically looked like a, a totem pole. And yeah. that wing attachment on the back from Dive Bomb, just, you know, you said before, chef's kiss. I mean, that is perfect. That thing dominated my display to the point where people came round and were like, what is that? And, you know, even my friends at university, it had become such a thing for me to finish my Predaking that they would ask about it and they would want pictures of it. So Predaking is right up there for me. All of them have roughly the same color. Okay, the individual toys, some of them aren't that great, but Dive Bomb, Rampage, and Razor Claw certainly are superb. See, I, I actually, I'm going to throw out a little spicy one for you, a little hot take here. Uh, I actually prefer the individual modes, the individual toys on uh, on toys on uh, Predaking to the combined mode, uh, which is a, an unpopular one, I know, but I really it's like... It's unusual, yeah. Yeah, I really like those five individual toys. I think they are... Now, I have the Japanese gift set, the original Takara reissue, which, of course, is metal, so it's all die-cast mm -hmm. and whatever. You know, originally they were released as just plastic, and then they were reissued in metal, uh, which... Not correct. Know, originally, ah, okay. first release of Predaking was metal, and then the second release in the vintage era, still in 1986... 1987 was plastic in That's the US correct. anyway. Oh, yeah, I was talking about, yeah, sorry, I was talking about Takara specifically. But, oh, then um, you're right, yep. yeah. Spot yeah, on. sorry, I was talking about the TS. I did know that about Hasbro. I was talking about uh, Takara specifically. But um, no, so anyway, I have the, the Takara reissue set, which is, I think, like you were saying before, just a real, that kind of reissue experience. So that kind of box set experience is just like a real amazing thing to behold you know just to go from start to finish and i do love the combined mode of predaking i do think it's immense uh i think it's just i was so taken with the individual toys that i wasn't underwhelmed by the the end result at all in any way because it is amazing but i just think actually they are one set that i would seriously consider displaying individually over mm -hmm. over the combined mode for sure why not both why not both? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to get two, but <laughs> one is get fine. three, one for every but, mode. Oh, no, I'm not going to be not going to be that guy. But uh, <laughs> uh, everything that, down to Razor Claw's transforming cannon is cool on that set. Yeah, the swords just what a different G1 combiner to the others, and it had a different designer as well than the person who was designing a majority of the toys, didn't it? The it original did. G1 toy. It did. Yeah, I think they're they're super cool. The only thing for me with the combined mode is that I always felt like dive bombs wings could have just attached a bit more securely on the back. Yeah, that's fair. the 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 real. I think maybe that's what it was for me. Is that first uh, because I'd heard about this legendary combiner that's just like amazing, and then I got it together and I was like, ah, oh, the wings kind of wobble a little bit, you know, like on the back. So maybe that was just kind of the the slight um, tipping point for me, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, otherwise incredible set. I've never owned that toy ever. In my Do life. I don't I don't think I've even been in like restraining order range of that toy. I've never seen one. 
I hope you're making a little list, Liam, because this is I know, this be is what I'm discovering tonight, is how many toys A very expensive around. episode, potentially, for you. Is that what you're talking but... about? Abominus earlier, it's like, man, I've never even seen those toys either. <laughs> Abominus is a toy I yeah. never cared for. And then I got one as an adult in unused condition. And my goodness, what a spectacular toy that is. It is gorgeous. Those mm. colors and the individual guys, G1 Abominus must have. Total, total banger. Do you know what's it's really weird about Abominus is that I've never owned any of the toys, but behind me on the shelf, I have the box for Hunger. I don't know how I got it. I've, I didn't buy it, but it's there. But they're another one that quite typically turn up in UK childhood collections. You'll just have like a random Cinetwin in there or, or a Hunger. Yeah, Cinetwin I think is very common, Yeah, uh, especially. Um, and Ripper Snapper as well, just... Mm. Turn up ten a penny or whatever, but uh, yeah, they're they're not hard to get at all. Uh, Liam, to be fair, Abominus. I mean, maybe Hunger, maybe a bit more, but you know, the the four limbs. I think you could get very easily by just being a little bit patient on eBay, finding a set with some messed up stickers, getting yourself some repper labels, and you're, you're laughing, son. Honestly, you could just you know, it's very easy to do. He's one uh, such a that- good set, man. Have you yeah. seen that massive pink chest with the stickers on? It is such a good set. I prefer it to Computron every it's day of, of the week. Same. It's one, it's one I've always wanted to get, but it's just whenever I see Hunger, he's often quite yellow, and it always puts me off buying the whole set. It's just that. Yeah, Hunger's get, probably... I, I think I can help you out there, mate. Let's have a talk afterwards. I think I can help you out. Why, why do you is, have? This is enablement in progress, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. You, have you got, we'll got like some frozen there. ones stashed away so they don't get... We'll sort you out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you about wow. to go and catch some in Iceland? That's what they are. They're just roaming. <laughs> <laughs> Hunger in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the new Takara set they're doing? You know, the Power of the Primes version. They've done a new Takara version and they've sort of retooled quite a few bits on it. Like giving them a new chest shield. Looks very... I know it's probably not up your guy's street, but it looks very fancy. I actually had no idea. I, I mean, I thought the, the Hasbro set looked pretty fancy, but yeah, there's I've actually got... a new version out now. Yeah, well... The Power of the Primal one, I've got that. It's, it's pretty nice. But I think Takara released their own version of it uh, a couple of years ago. But yeah, they've just done a new sort of EX style set. And yeah, just retooled a few bits, changed a few of the colours. Because I think it's Power of the Primes where Takara started just releasing Hasbro versions of toys, didn't they? Hmm. I think it's around that sort of time. So They've got a lot of amazing material to work with as far as Abominus goes. Yeah. So I'm not surprised they, they knocked it out of the park, either Hasbro or Takara. That is such a fantastic looking toy. But one I would really recommend you get in nice condition because it makes a huge amount of difference. I think a worn Computron and a worn Devastator still look superb. They yeah. that they can be enjoyed in worn condition, no question. But I think uh, something like Abominus, you've got to get a nice one. Same goes for Predaking. I reckon worn Predaking will still be amazing. But uh, Abominus, you've got to go nice condition. It makes all the difference. So speaking of worn toys and unusual g1 combiners uh worn toys specifically i'm talking about your light speed uh liam uh, <laughs> infamous light speed oh, uh, he's dead r.i.p yeah indeed uh, but of course something like road caesar the actual japanese version of that toy of course but uh, that's an unusual one as well what you were talking about a pig in an alleyway <laughs> that's the leader of the pack as far yeah, as that's really concerned is. isn't it it really is wide stance yes definitely <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Yeah, he's an unusual one. It's fair to say. It's fair to say. I love it. I got to be honest. I'm just like you could on. fit a herd of snarlers through there, couldn't you? <laughs> I'm just looking at mine now. It's behind me on the shelf, and yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird one. Uh, it's one of those that like it's sort of that era of G1. You've really got to kind of buy into the charm of it. Do you know what I mean? And then there's so much to love. Uh, I mean, individually, those toys are great. I think um, I think I mentioned in a, a previous episode that, you know, I had Flame, the motivator, as a kid, and I could distinctly, even as a kid, see the difference between that and, like, a lot of the gold box stuff, stuff that was getting released at the time, you know, so it, was, it definitely had its own kind of flair and feel to it, which was really, really interesting. Um, I think as a set, the three of them, I think, are immense. I think they're beautiful toys. Uh, and then it's weird to me that Hasbro didn't go the combining route with them. You know, they stripped all of that out when they uh, released them for, for the Euro release, you know, in the early 90s. Um, but then it was almost like decombining stuff was the thing at the time because they also released the constructor cons without the ability to combine and whatever else. So it's just a, a really, really weird one. But I do think Road Caesar as a combiner is pretty great. Yeah, because you've also got... That's when they were doing the Lyo Kaiser bots, weren't they? As Rescue Force as well. Yeah, four of the six. Right. No, no combination. It, why it's so bizarre and as autobots yeah yeah well actually i think the the rescue force are pretty cool i really like the decos and everything that they did with them it's just bizarre or a bit baffling to me that they kind of took away some of the kind of key functionality of those toys because again i remember having i think at least one or two maybe just one of the rescue force as a kid and just thinking huh this is kind of basic and um a bit like you with air raid mats you know but Never once knew as a kid that actually they were supposed to combine. See, I only had the drill tank, but I knew there was something because of the, there's like a little flap, isn't there, that folds out mm. on the side. And I always wondered what it was. But and it wasn't until many years later, I was like, oh, it's technically have, a toe. Have you seen now what people do with Rescue Kaiser? Have you yeah, seen they it? need a couple of bootlegs, right? Yeah, to... there's two KOs for the, for the two missing team members. And then you can get a KO head as well, the Lyo Kaiser head uh, redone. Um, one of our friends has done it actually I think it's pretty cool Rescue Kaiser I kind of like it I, I, I've I always like that, yeah. yeah I've been sort of tempted to give it a go at some point um, I mean Lyo Kaiser for me is one that I would love to have but I just don't think it'll ever happen that's a really cool combiner that's another one where all the members are the same size and it has really excellent proportions in combined mode the really nice sort of wing shoulders and then a fantastic head sculpt that comes with Leozak it's just it's a really nice toy it's just such a shame uh, about the gold plastic on yeah. on the tank, can't remember what his name is at the moment. But uh, I I had one for a very brief amount of time. I was selling it for a friend and combined it for photos. And uh, I thought this is a really handsome, fun combiner. So that it's up there. It's deserving of its status in terms of a cool toy. Uh, man, can you believe at the time it sold for like two hundred and fifty dollars? That's just unheard of now. But yeah. it's yeah. amazing how much these things have just escalated in desirability and price. And just to follow your train of thought, yeah. slightly different. I can't even finish the sentence. <laughs> but can we talk about Raiden now? Can we talk about Raiden now? Are you going to get us back on track? Yeah. Can we talk about Raiden, please? Yes. Raiden's great. It's, it's, it's trains. Of thunder. Yes. Oh, they have such cool names. I wish I could remember what all of their individual names translated as because they're all pretty cool force of nature sort of thing. But uh, Raiden is extremely cool. My first experience of that toy was the uh, was the knockoff from the early two thousands, yeah. and even that was really good. You know, you that was a really. That. It's great. It's worth it. 
I don't know how yeah. much it costs now, actually, but it's not. It's, it's not worth so. It. It's not so much, but I think it's again. It's just finding it in condition. But yeah, the, I, I saw the knockoff popped up recently. Didn't look too bad actually in terms of condition. So, and if it's the same knockoff I had, it's uh, quite distinctive from the original in that the green train and the green parts are far more, you know, fluorescent than the much more muted sort of British racing green of the original uh, Raiden. And the Diaclone Raiden is not a better toy by any stretch. I've owned Diaclone Raiden. I've owned the recolors of Diaclone Raiden. Combining that figure was a nightmare. Nothing stayed together. It fell apart really easily. It was a real hassle to combine. But the Transformers version of Raiden has a new red chest shield, which um, allows that section to stay together better. It's got a new part at the back, which allows the wings to be connected by this bar that then plugs into the robot. And just overall, the integrity of that. I think even the KO was easier to combine than the Diaclone because the KO had all the Transformers parts. But that is an amazingly cool combiner. Like the front of the trains come off and they split open. And that's where you would put the original Diaclone pilot. They could ride in there. And the, there's a button on the Diaclone version that you press and it shoots the front of the cab of every train off, which is great. <laughs> that's really cool. But don't think that was carried over to Transformers. They don't have the, the launch button. And of course, they had rub signs added. And when you combine that toy, it looks so retro. and It just feels really out there. You've got to like open the, the doors <laughs> on Cayenne's uh, train mode to get the, the combiner head, which is integrated into Cayenne, the the diesel tank um, number six. Such a good looking toy. And I love trains. I love train robos. And they have these little metal wheels. And of course, the Diaclone version comes with a train track and a massive play mat if you buy the, I the forgot that, version. Yeah, I forgot the Diaclone one had the train track. That's so cool. But it's the playmat that's really cool that comes right. with the Diaclone gift set. And of course, the construction guys, they had a playmat as well for Diaclone. Do you ever see that? The, the Diaclone yeah, Devastator comes with this construction playmat. Super cool. I think I saw a picture years ago, but yes. But yeah, Raiden is great. I love Raiden. Such a fun toy. Just love those train bots. Do you think they'll do a reissue of that one? There's, there's often uh, speculation. I so. God, it's, I hope so. It's one I see more than any other i think particularly at the moment a lot of people speculating but you know a lot of people when they did that masterpiece announcement of the the mp raiden that's coming up and they put the they had the original toys didn't they on display and a lot of people were like oh my god they're reissuing it you know and, and kind of took well, that why not it's so i mean I'm sure they reissued them in zone once but yeah they, they need to reissue it. And, and i have to admit and i'm really sorry to say this um because i don't it, it's not how i really feel but my first impression was oh, it's going to be a masterpiece version. How are they going to wreck that toy and make it not fun? But I hate to have that opinion, but I know that I would be far less likely to buy a masterpiece version than even a, even a Generations or a, a G1 reissue because I really think that toy needs to be fun. It needs to be something you can't put down. Because they're trains. Be, How can you not play with trains? It is meant to be Generations scale though, isn't it? That's what, they, that's what the translation has come from. They've said, well, they didn't say specifically it's generation scale. They said it would be 18 inches. So, well, I think what they said was it would, I don't think actually they specifically said it'll be 18 inches. I think they said it would be the same size or comparable to Unite Warriors Devastator. Yeah. So it's it's however you interpret that. So a lot of a lot of people, I think, immediately went, ah, oh, it's a generation's toy. And other people were like, no, 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 it's still Masterpiece. It's just that size. So, But it's however you take it. I mean, in the cartoon, Raiden was pretty big. You know, he was the same size as Predaking, I think, from memory. Um, so, you know, it's it's however you take that. I think that 
is in itself not to get into the whole third party world again we've kind of done it but that kind of created a lot of conversation there as well because you know coming up to that there was a lot of discussion about what the right size for a masterpiece combiner was going to be so if it is 18 inches then that, that sort of confirms that slot if you like and it it then puts what all these third parties have been doing into into light if that sort of makes sense like is it correct or not correct so it's a, it, yeah for me it's a really interesting one but i also think the engineering that they employ will be fascinating to see like oh, yeah. one thing with unite warriors devastator was that you know obviously they kept it and i think hasui did even say in an interview that they kept it simple enough that it wasn't a you know it wasn't a ball ache let's be honest to, to yeah. kind of put together and it'll be fascinating to see how much complexity they load into raiden versus actually what's masterpiece about it versus kind of keeping it fun if that sort of makes sense i really hope they give them masterpiece standard train modes that i'd forgive anything for that I'll, I'll be happy yeah if it's the kind of if the trains look excellent and there's not like feet hanging off the back of them or something like that then that would be nice um i would like you know decent kind of masterpiece level articulation and stuff like that would be amazing but then the kind of simplicity and whatever else that you might hope they would take into account would be really nice like not too heavily engineered and fiddly and you know forget everything i just said sod it Give me a masterpiece Raiden as well. I mean, it's another train bot combiner. What could possibly go wrong? Wow, you've talked yourself into it in like <laughs> yep. two minutes, a minute <laughs> <Just> and a half. <laughs> Raiden is great. It, it's so cool. The, those individual trains are so great. And just like Sixo talking about it, having nice articulation, you think like a really nice version of those. Because, you know, one of the original um, train bots, he's kind of stumpy. You know, he's, he's got really big legs. He's very short, just kind of stumpy, stocky kind of thing. Whereas the others stand quite differently to him. So, you know, to have them all in really nice, nice proportions, good posability, really good looking trains and a kick-ass combiner mode, taking into the all of the principles you're talking about with Unite Warriors Devastator would be really special. I think, I, I think for me, if I'm honest, if, if they did an official Masterpiece Devastator, I, I've often said, you know, I'd be happy if it was the Unite Warriors core design if you like but kind of souped up a bit you know if the individual bots uh weren't as hollow if they had hand articulation and things like that you know or kind of posable hands if they had you know kind of not such awkward elbows and those kind of elements you know then there would be a lot to be said for it it could work uh you know the the look is there the engineering certainly the kind of core engineering is fantastic um you know it hangs together beautifully so it wouldn't have to be that far off i think if it was like take what they did with Unite Warriors Devastator and add in some of those elements that we're talking about, maybe a bit more posability, whatever. It, it, that could be a decent masterpiece combiner in my book anyway. What were the um, Unite Warriors Devastator individual construction vehicle modes like? As they, they were good, I think. I think they were good. Um, They're very actually, conquer, um, aren't they? They've got that kind of hmm, yeah. wonderful aesthetic to them. Like, definitely toys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 toyetic for sure. I mean, they don't have um, you know see through windows and that kind of stuff that you get on MP cars. So you know maybe that kind of stuff is different as well. Um, aesthetically, they look chunkier. You know, there's no paint on them by the sort of sparse paint apps, things like that. So you know, all of these things might be added on as kind of masterpiece level stuff. You know, possibly. Uh, and I think actually that would make Raiden look really amazing as well. You mm. can imagine those trains 
all really nicely painted, nice paint jobs, hoping it's durable, uh, you know, and, and looking fantastic. That could be really something. Yeah, I'm excited now. And it would appeal to people beyond Masterpiece Collectors. It would be something to have as its own thing. It's something very unique, isn't it? On like every single front, isn't it? Every part of it as a masterpiece combiner, as a train and as a, you know, a Japanese exclusive character, every part of it is interesting. There's, you know, something. Do you think it it could be almost like how people with feral Rex kind of went in on feral Rex, even if they didn't collect something that feral Rex would naturally kind of go with, if that makes sense. Feral Rex had a standalone element to it as well, didn't it? Based on its looks, based on how incredible it looked. So if Raiden can do that, but then Predaking has a look all of its own. And I think um, Raiden would have to work really hard to achieve that. Mm. Because I think Predaking's looks are out of this world. There there will be a lot of people, like with Feral Rex, like you were just saying, that are going to go into it just to see how it works because it's something mm-hmm. so new and novel as the first masterpiece combiner and and just something so different it's just going to be really interesting to see how it works and experience yeah. that. even if it's only one that there will be a lot of people probably like myself how how much would a, a masterpiece combiner with you know six individual masterpiece members cost I dread to think <laughs> I think it'll be that, that, if prime was like nearly three four hundred pounds I, I Maybe I should well, just they, they, tame my enthusiasm a little bit. They, yeah. they jacked that one up quite considerably as well with the the trailer, the accessories, all of that. They really kind of went, to, you know, not to mention it's Optimus Prime, so there's an element of like or convoy. You know, they can they can kind of get away with it. In a, Mate, these are trains. They could give us tracks and platforms yeah. and trees and fences, and oh, uh, I would just be slayed. Benches <laughs> for tunnel. people to sit on. Yeah, a tunnel. I, I am wondering if it'll have a gauge to it, you know, if it'll have a particular <laughs> scale. Oh, or, you know, imagine just if, if it fits a particular gauge, then God, that would don't be. even. But I think it kind of almost will have to fit something, you know. Otherwise, mm. it'll be. Otherwise, they'll have to provide a track of some. Well, it's masterpiece. They'll fit in Prime's trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be the thing. Going to shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's not a good. That's toy. amazing. Always got to shake hands with Prime. Otherwise, it's not a good toy. That's it. That's how you know you're getting a good toy. <laughs> Shakes hands with Prime. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I also think it'll be interesting to see, well, lots of things. You know, Are they going to sell it as a set? Are they going to sell it individually? Both? I don't know. All of these things are new for the Masterpiece Arena. It's never been done before. So, you know, third party has been running rampant in this arena for years now. So I just think that Takara Tomy going, yeah, we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. I can't wait to see it. I wonder maybe if that's why they've started with Raiden, because that hasn't been done by anyone. Well, there is one on the way, funnily enough. Oh, is there uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. There is. It was originally, I think, going to be a Zeta thing, but it's now Moonstar who are doing a Raiden. And it looks pretty good, actually. It's immense. It's going to be like, I think, uh, clearly from the look of it, you know, another kind of 21, 22 inches tall thing. So probably you know, from, from that basis, going to be taller than the, the Karatomi effort. But um, the combined mode, look it up online. It's Moonstar Raiden. It looks, um, they've done renders of it and all kinds of, have it on, they've had it a grey resin prototype on display at a few conventions. It's really, really, honestly, looks quite spectacular. More train robo is never a bad thing. Yeah, well, exactly. At least there's options, right? Like, even if people don't like the official one, hey, you know, there's a, there's a third party. I'm sure some people prefer the third party one because it fits in with, you know, if you've got lots of third party masterpiece bots, then maybe it fits in a bit better. I don't know. We'll have to see. 
Okay, so obviously we've talked a lot about G1 and it hasn't, well, it hasn't all been G1, but I guess a lot of the kind of core combiner stuff comes from Beast. G1. And even, yeah. Beast. Well, we are going to talk Beast Wars. Beast, we Beast, are going to do a bit of Beast Wars. And I beast. feel. Are you going to get in a beast? That is Maz's in a beast speaking. Beast like, Roars. Yeah, there we go. That's how seriously Maz takes Beast Wars for you. <laughs> there in a nutshell, I think. Man in pig. Uh, <laughs> but. There is a lot to be said, actually. And what's funny is that we were just briefly uh, in between recording, coming onto it there, and Maz actually said, hang on, there are combiners in Beast Wars. So I think that just about <laughs> says it all. Uh, well, I thought I'd are. gotten away with that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm going to throw it in there. Lay it out for everyone to hear. Yeah. No, there are it's some. So beast on Beast, isn't it? It's, it's Beast, beast on Beast. Combiners. Yeah, multi-beast. It's Beast in Beast. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Beast Wars. All like, but Jazai, not monkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, there are there are several, a uh, couple of prominent Beast Wars combiners. So the, the key ones are, there is Magnaboss, who is a combination of uh, Maximals, three Maximals. There's an elephant, a lion, and an eagle. Uh, oh, I knew and, it was a bird. I've definitely seen wings. Yeah, there's, there's wings in there. And, I was going to go with Falcon because of Power Rangers as a Falcon. I'm kind of questioning it myself now if it's a Falcon or an Eagle. I think it's an Eagle. Uh, someone will be screaming at the, this, listening to it if it's wrong, I'm sure. They'll be saying that I'm wrong, but I think it's, I think it's uh, an You're Eagle. Like, no, it was a sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> a pigeon. It was that heron uh, from Animals of Farthing Woods. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the, the specific Buzzard. species of the species of bird is the most important aspect of this, definitely. Um, and then there is a, uh, a Predacon set as well, Tripredicus. Um, who... See, I've heard these names. Magnaboss, Tripredicus, yeah. heard them all. Yeah, well, the, the Tripredicus uh, crops up even in the mainframe cartoon, kind of. But that is like basically bugs and, and what have you. And then there's a, a kind of lobstery sea clamp thing. Uh, Say what? Yes, there's the yeah. air. <laughs> well, particularly the then, then oh, there's the a Japanese set. Combiner. There is a crustacean <laughs> combiner. There's a uh, there's the Japanese sets then, which particularly the the, um, the Predacon one uh, has very different colours, and actually the crustacean guy is red, like a lobster, and he forms the feet. He's the trousers as well, Maz. Uh speechless. I have it. I have it right behind me, actually. Right behind me, it is on the shelf. The Japanese one with the red trousers. It's it's a break out the rock lobster. (laughs) Yeah, that seems to be, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, get that on the on the on the gas. But uh, no, they're amazing. They're, I mean, for the benefit of people listening that like these combiners, it's just worth mentioning, obviously. But they combine in very unusual ways. They're they're static in terms of how they come together. You know, they can only go one configuration, but they're completely unique. I think both of them, uh, in that. I've never seen anything like either one. Uh, I mean, certainly Tripredicus, the way the arms are formed is just freaky beyond belief. It's like a terrifying. Uh, I think I think um, there's some artwork flying around of that guy. I think, again, it's Guido Guidi that did, uh, did a, a drawing of it that just really shows it off to its kind of terrifyingly beautiful best. Um, but Magnaboss as well is just completely unique. Again, to use you know, no better word for it, just how it comes together. They're really, really worth... Uh, checking out. I want to see the lobster combiner. I'll I'll show it to you. I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's really really something. Honestly, it's it's great. I mean, that, that's one thing you can say about Beast Wars. It doesn't do anything normal. No, every everything is out there. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, they, these two combiners, particularly the maybe the Predacon one, they really push the envelope in terms of, you know, like I know you love JRX and we'll come on to JRX in a minute. I would say that these two are as unique as JRX in terms of how they're formed and they're three team members as well. So you can see some of the DNA, I think, in JRX that came from Beast Wars. But I, I know that you're a big fan of JRX then, Maz. Yes. Is this my chance to talk about JRX then? I guess it is. I mean, we've already talked about trains immensely, and there's only so long I can keep you both talking about Beast Wars. So. This hype train has still not left the station. No, I know. We're just going to do another segment of Mazda's trains, I think. <laughs> well, JRX is amazing. I mean, Car Robots was uh, what, around 2000, uh, and then we had RID in 2001. I remember that was an occasion I was just gotten back into buying toys, and this was a return to what I recognized as Transformers, but with some extra stuff. And uh, bullet trains that combined were right up there in terms of what I thought was cool. Uh, JRX was a really, it was so much more accessible back then, obviously, even as a Japanese import. I remember I sold one JRX set on eBay and it went for £17. Can you believe that? £17 boxed. Really? Yeah. And uh, that's all I got for it at the time. Um, And even a loose set I bought in 2014 or 15 only cost me 55 quid uh wow. and now obviously it's it's a far more expensive toy it's quite desirable but, now yeah it just looked so great and combined it looked a way that didn't seem to have a lot of visual compromise and obviously that whole thing was designed specifically around being a combiner because then you've got the yeah. massive legs but with a tiny body for midnight express you know uh, i think it's j4 <laughs> Or, yeah, I think it's J4. And then, uh, obviously, the other two don't have amazing robot modes, but they're still very cool toys. But the train modes and the combined modes, just really superb-looking toys. Really fun to handle. I would agree. I think that's one... It's kind of what we were saying, at the, really kind of, I can't remember if it was at the start or earlier when it was, but we were saying that, you know, there's a degree of acceptable compromise with combined. Right. And for me, the robot modes, yes, aren't amazing they're they're fine mm. maybe a bit perfunctory but they are an acceptable compromise to get the amazing combined mode and the incredible train modes yeah and i remember i bought two sets of jrx and rail racer so that i could put the two locomotives back to back just to have more train and i've always wanted a third party company to just make random non-transforming carriages so that you could have a full length bullet train in all three versions of those trains that we've got, the Shinkansen modes. Shinkansen. And I even I even looked up like uh, what gauge is uh, JRX and I asked on Twitter and people were like, yeah, this is actually quite interesting. What gauge is it? So that I could look up actual train sets with the right carriages because they're quite, you know, widely known Japanese bullet trains just to see if I could buy actual carriages from a train set and put the two JRX guys at either end. I haven't managed it yet, but uh, that would be great. Come on, someone, make them. Sounds like they don't even have to transform. You know, just make some carriages. I'm going to be very disappointed if on the next episode you aren't wearing a little train conductor hat. You sat with your little little train set out ready. Have you ever owned um, Rail Racer or or JRX, Liam? I have, and it's it's one of those where I want to say it's in my top 10 toys of all the time. It probably isn't, but it's one of those that's that good when you think about it straight away. It's like... An amazing toy. For for a split second there, I thought you were going to say something disparaging about it, and I thought yeah. Maz is going to kick off. Oh, 
Yeah, oh, I mean, I don't use I don't this phrase often. <laughs> I don't use this phrase at all, but that toy slaps. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> wow. If any toy deserves that phrase, it's that toy. So good looking in all modes. Ah, great toy. I've owned I'm it so many times and stupidly sold it. Now I've got to buy it again. I'm just pleased now that I have a, a little recorded soundbite of Maz saying, that toy slaps. I feel like that's going to come in <laughs> over the, the coming years at various I'm, junctures. I'm disappointed that Maz can bring himself to say slaps, but so far he hasn't gone choo-choo. And he won't. <laughs> <laughs> there are limits, Liam. Come on. Someday. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'm fully on board. Eh? with the older uh, JRX love. Uh, that was actually unintentional, believe it or not. <laughs> it really was, I promise. Somehow that makes it worse. I know, I know. Just it falls out on me. What can I say? Dad dad jokes. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I love it. Honestly, absolutely love it as well. I think to me it is interesting, this whole business of degree of acceptable compromise. I know we've, we've kind of skirted on it earlier, but I, I think it is a, a recurring thing for me with a lot of combiners and definitely you do see it in JRX for sure. Um, but I, I really don't mind it. I think there are people, I, I have, when you post pictures of the individual robots, there are people that go, God, they look kind of goofy. But, and it's like, yeah, no, they, they do a little bit. I get that. But the, the full set, you know, it's one of those you really have to have it in hand to kind of fully appreciate. They're also actually quite fun to transform. Yeah. I mean, I was about to say, I think I would be all right with just three gorgeous trains like they are transforming into a combiner with no robot mode for individuals but actually those robot modes are really fun to transform them into so that's so interesting because just... that actually if anything takes us back a step to beast wars dun 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 uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i don't know i presume you've seen pictures of magmatron um funnily enough we we just put it on our podcast artwork for the holy grails episode uh, so it's on there. Um, maybe maybe we all miss that. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I, saw I, Swoop and Great Shot. Did I? Yeah. Is I, I didn't. On there? It's my picture, but uh, yeah, no. uh, there is, is some Beast Wars toys on there. Um, <laughs> rock Lord, <laughs> Magmatron. It sounds more like a Rock Lord. Oh, bloody Rock Lord! What are you on about? <laughs> honestly, good you, lord! You're starting your own little Rock Lord cast. Is that what's going on here? Uh, but anyway, there is Magmatron, who is three dinosaurs in one that uh, just don't have individual robot modes, but they have one combined robot mode. So it's one dude. Magmatron is the, the guy, and he's kind of, um, you know, like a big bad guy, kind of a leader or whatever. But uh, yeah, three robots, uh, three dinosaurs that just turn into one robot. But it's super creative as well, how they all kind of come together. Very, very fun toy. But w- would you call that a combiner? Uh, I yeah, do you know it's funny when we were talking what's a combiner earlier, I had it on my list of like where does Magmatron sit, and I'm glad I didn't bring him up at the time because you would have been like who what, but <laughs> and it would have been worse somehow at least in context <laughs> of Beast Wars, you know it's kind of okay, but um, I I don't know I don't know if you consider that a combiner or not. I think most people probably would because it's three toys that combine, mm-hmm. but again it's not they're not individual. I don't think in fiction i could be wrong on that i'd need to double check i don't think they've ever been considered as individuals i think it is just one guy um, i'd consider it more of a combiner than something like dreadwind uh, and darkwing because yeah. the combined mode is the thing that's the main selling point yeah for sure uh, as opposed to being kind of a, a, a side thing yeah no definitely mm-hmm. i mean if you want them in robot mode it's combined mode that's the thing so and it just kind of reminded me of what you were suggesting about jrx there to have like three trains just going straight into a combined mode it's, it's essentially that concept but dinosaurs oh my goodness now 
we got a question on social on the Triple Takeover account on Twitter for that picture that you took. And someone said, who's the combiner? And I was like, is that a joke? Am I missing the joke here? Well, the diner combiner, and that's it. Oh, okay. So I actually completely missed that there was a combiner in that picture. But I, I do remember the one you're talking about now. He had the grimace on his face, the really angry grimace. Yeah, again, he's on the uh, shelf. He's on the shelf behind, there behind me, actually, just next to the um, uh, the Japanese Tripodicus. Mate, all of Transformers is on a shelf behind you. Yeah, I was going to say. So. <laughs> Can you not spot it's, them? It's not narrowing it down. <laughs> I'll show it to you up close later. Not all of Transformers, honestly. <laughs> just most of it. Honestly. What is this? Uh, but no, it's it's a very very cool toy. I think it's one. Um, it was it was a, a long time curiosity of mine for years. A bit like JRX before that, I got that in hand, and I just like that it's so unique. Um, but I, I would put it on the same scale as as what I was saying about the other two B Sports combiners, and JRX, and to some extent Landfill. That all of these are their own sort of idiosyncratic thing. You know, they're just completely. There's nothing else like them that's ever been done. And I really kind of respect that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and they're probably more loved toys as a result of being so unique. And I guess, I mean, I wouldn't know, apart from JRX, I've never owned the Landfill Build King toy either, but I'm guessing all of them are considered successes. Uh, Yeah, Landfill has a lot of love. It has a lot of love. I think Landfill's cool because the individual toys are good. Again, there's a degree of acceptable compromise, I think, in all of that, you know. But um, like Wedge is my favorite, definitely the the little orange one. But uh, but yeah, the combined mode is cool. It doesn't hang together brilliantly. Like it's not the most stable thing in the world. Uh, the fun, really, as I say, is from the three of them that aren't Wedge. You can rotate them around, so you can have them in different. They've got a kind of uh, like a triangular way of coming together mm-hmm. and pinning in the middle, and then you can have them in different configurations. So it is you completely. Unique. We keep saying that, but it is. Big fan of that toy too. Just thought I'd get that in there. Yeah. And of course, in RID, you had a couple of, um, well, and in Beast Wars as well, Beast Wars mm-hmm. Second, you had a couple of um, choice repaints of some old classics. So that was kind of fun. Any particular favorites? Oh, God, Neptune. Stunning yeah. toy. Yeah. Funnily enough, uh, just to my side. So I'm just holding it up for the benefit there. Yeah. Is, right there. Beautiful colors. Yeah, really, really, beautiful colors. Nice really, really nice. Really, really nice. Love that uh, toy immensely. But I think the Piranicon mold is often overlooked a little bit as well. And I, th- I think Piranicon might be in with a shout of the best combiner artwork ever. That yeah. Piranicon gift set is not only stupidly hard to find and expensive, but it's also absolutely gorgeous. I love Piranicon's artwork. I love the idea of Piranicon. What a great name as well. And the um, the Generation Select one is probably the best of those combiners too. It's oh, you loved that, one. didn't you? I remember all your pictures. Oh, your it's pictures incredible. The lengths the car I've gone to to change it. Like, Snaptrap's amazing. It's just this, has so many extra bits and it's just an incredible toy. And I'm so impressed they managed to incorporate the target master modes for every limb as well. They're all there. And they've even come with little stands. They can use things as stands. It's pretty. Oh, they kept all, that's cool that they kept all yeah. of that. I like that. But, uh, I remember the Snaptrap looking really cool. Really beastly. Yeah. yeah. And... He can do the little turtler mode as well from the cartoon. Great. What I really like about uh, God Neptune, actually, beyond just the toy and whatever, is kind of what they did with it in the fiction as well. And the, the fact that they're all pirates and all of that, it's kind of yeah. quite good fun. Uh, and it's, for me, one of the more memorable uh, reinterpretations. I suppose it's one that stands out for me is like the original toy, obviously, Piranicon, other than the comic, but even then it was very, very brief. 
didn't get much chance to shine. Uh, and yes, it did, um, you know, a bit as King Poseidon, obviously, mm-hmm. in, in Master Force. But actually, arguably, it's the repainted version that really kind of took off in terms of character uh, in the in that cartoon and what have you. So I just thought that's kind of fun. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Beast War Second, right? The Beast, Beast War Second. Second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did wonder if, if if you've not seen it. Of course, you may not know. But yes, essentially, they're pirates. They're space pirates. So the 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 god Neptune lot, uh, the Beast War Second Seacons, they are pirates, and they they've very much got that. They've even got like a an actual pirate ship that flies through space that oh, has like a, like a little rook's nest that one of them sits at the top. Now you're telling it to me. Now I'm, yeah, yeah. Now I'm interested. That sounds wicked. It's completely out there i think it's funny that if you don't know uh some of the japanese fiction i think there's very often an assumption that it's like uber serious and like you know kind of somehow more um grandiose than what we got from sumbo and whatever else and then actually when you see it and you sit down you're like this is ridiculous and it truly like beast <laughs> war second more than most is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous uh, the funniest one is that there is an autobot uh squid as well uh, who falls in love with um, the the uh, lady squid? Or no, actually the other way around. She falls in love with him. I should say. Um, what's her name? Uh, I'm trying to remember her name now. Should be on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. I'll have to think about it. But yeah, she falls in love with him, and it's like a whole kind of little romance subplot and stuff. It's very it's very funny. <laughs> Okay, so kind of going beyond Beast Wars and all of that then. I mean, we could talk about Beast Wars a bit more, guys, if you want to, but uh, I I get the sense maybe that uh, it's time to move on. Uh, There is then the old Unicron trilogy. Uh, I mean, I guess there are some elements of combination in Armada. Uh, I mean, there's stuff like Optimus combining with Overload and Jetfire to kind of form like a super mode. But again, I would kind of put that down as a... Revenge of the Fallen type Jetfire daily as well, where it's still Optimus in control. It doesn't really feel like maybe a combiner as such, just like the other dudes form armor as such. Um, but then obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, what do they do? I don't know, just like use for parts or whatever. But but then obviously, then there is uh, Energon stroke Superlink, where it's like a big part of it, isn't it? So, uh, and then you got some kind of classic uh, names, classic combiner names coming back in, in a big way. Uh, Liam, I think you're kind of a fan of this lot, aren't you? Yeah, big fan. They really brought it back there, didn't they? And it's it's so intrinsic to Energon as well because you've not only got sort of almost all of the characters can combine, you've got the actual little combiners, don't you? Yeah, you've definitely. Su- Superion, Devastator pops up in there. There's Bruticus. And that Bruticus toy is just such a perfect reimagining, even without the fans project upgrade kit. It's just this wonderful little reimagining of those characters. Well, not even those characters, just the idea of those characters, I suppose, more than anything else. Except yeah, the hands and the feet. I've never actually seen the upgrade kit, but it, the, the hands and the feet never bothered me too much, I've got to say. I mean, they're not the most stable, uh, yeah. you know, but it's still just, kind of fun. It's just like they've got like little umbrellas, like just poking out. It's really weird. And it's one of those things where I, I just, I never got it. And yeah, I can normally give points for inventiveness. I just felt like they needed hands and feet. Yeah, no, fair enough. Is that your favourite of the three, then? Is it the, the Bruticus Maximus one? Uh, no, it's actually probably the Superion. <laughs> the just... Superion has had life outside as well, hasn't it? So it was that in that was one of the movie lives? Was it Revenge of the Fallen uh, again? Revenge of the Fallen, yeah. Bruticus was as well. They were both 
reissued in those and sort of more, I suppose, more Generation 1 style colour schemes. Although someone's going to tell me that's not true, but <laughs> they definitely had different colour schemes. But, yeah, um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they're, they're just, again, they go back to the sort of Scramble City style where you can swap any of them around with a core bot. And it's just such a fun little thing. I guess what I find interesting about those combiners, those three especially, is well, firstly, where on earth is Defensor, right? Like, what, what? Just the the best of all of them, and they just left him out. I mean, that's just criminal. But anyway, that's I could rant about that all day. I guess what I was going to say is that I find interesting is that it was at a time where we'd been through Beast Wars, we'd been through RID. There hadn't really been any semblance of huge G1 homages for ages, forever. And then suddenly, uh, you know, all right, yeah, there's characters like Optimus Prime, but, you know, it's still all very different. And then suddenly you've got these three combiners, particularly the Constructicon Maximus, that are, like, heavily riffing off their G1 designs. And, I mean, you really saw it a lot in Energon or Superlink anyway with a lot of the kind of different designs. But those three combiners, for me, really stood out as, like, I remember seeing them at the time, like seeing the cartoon, which I wasn't particularly watching, but, you know, back in the 2000s, whenever it was, and thinking, oh, wow, they're, they're really referencing G1 with this. Well, there was, for a long time, there was this kind of reluctance to go anywhere near combiners, wasn't they? And it's there, that's sort of the first time they sort of dip the toe back in. Because you'd hear it in the fandom quite often, they go, oh, they'll never do combiners again. It's too elaborate or too expensive or whatever. And that's really the first time. And then you get from there, they sort of start doing all the upgrade kits, didn't they? Uh, third parties and stuff. And so from there, you sort of... So it's only a few years later where they then springboard back to Combiner Wars and stuff, and it really takes off again. So do you think that it was third parties doing Combiners at generation scale that kind of showed Hasbro there's a market for this, and, and then they decided to bring him back in such force? Uh, I don't know if it's so much as it showed Hasbro. I think it just created a bit of a fervor around it because those toys became really desirable. And the upgrade kit they did for Superion was like a must-own. And for ages, it was... I mean, that was really expensive on the secondary market for years because of how, I don't know, how limited it was. But Because they did the Snowman version as well, didn't they? And that just sold out straight away. And for years, people were always coveting that because you couldn't get combiners. And then it was only... It would only have been a couple of years later, I suppose, wouldn't it, when they really started to come back? But I think that's that's the moment when they did. I'm kind of intrigued by the snowman version i don't know what that's even a reference to but it sounds interesting all right it's the fan project kit they did uh i think the first version was gray and the second one they called a snowman version and they released it as an exclusive somewhere possibly around christmas and it was white to better match more accurate speaking of third party combiners we can't not talk about glacial bots because those are fabulous aren't they so cool yeah, and just the whole effort they went to around that by creating that story about how they'd been lost in a shipment from sea. And then they did the really awesome sticker book, you know, in the classic Panini sticker book style. Yeah. And then there was like a comic as well. I thought that was really nice. And, and the Glacial Lord itself, it's just a really good looking toy. And uh, one of the characters is called Mega Zero. And how can you just not love that? It's funny because we're talking about you know, Unite Warriors Devastator and um, and Power of the Primes Predaking actually is another one for me that is really interesting. Uh, again, in this theme of degrees of acceptable compromise, you know, a lot of people will take a swing and kind of hate on the, the individual modes, you know, and the kind of compromises there. But that combined mode on Predaking is 
incredible. Really, really has to be said. It's an incredible combined um, form. But actually, both of those toys I appreciate much better with third-party upgrades, to be fair. Um, Devastating make... sock. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was a weird one, actually. I, I never quite figured out why they did that to Mixmaster and kind of made him look so unusual. Um, but certainly with the with the upgrades and stuff, it does kind of make them feel a little bit more uh, kind of complete. Yeah, it's quite surreal with the Devastator how much they are gunning for it to look and evoke that G1 look. But then with the foot, they just went with something totally different. And it- I think that was it. Yeah, you hit, you hit the nail on the head that it wasn't like it wasn't that it was a bad choice unto itself. It was more the yeah. fact that everything else was so slavish, and then you just got this one weird foot, and it was like really tiny <laughs> what happened foot. there. Yeah, it's just a very very strange choice. Uh, I'm sure there was there must have been a reason for it. I don't know. But. Well, I think at the time they said it was because those type of uh, cement mixers were more prevalent. And I'm sure someone said, I remember seeing this quite a lot on social media. There were some Americans were saying that, oh, they've never seen the normal type of cement mixer that we, you know, that Mixmaster is. And I just thought, I've, I've never seen the other one. Transformers 90 style. The Beast Wars is coming up next on Okay, so we've been through not necessarily a complete history of combiners, but I think we've given it a good stab at kind of assessing uh, some of the the kind of more prominent ones from over the years anyway. I mean, we haven't talked about uh, Revenge of the Fallen Devastator, which, I mean, is there much to say about that? I was going to say that the testicles (laughs) is kind of the the scrotum is the thing, right? Like, there's probably not much to to kind of go on about that necessarily (laughs) beyond that. Um, So that is kind of what it is. Uh, so there you go, scrotum nod. Uh, but do we maybe want to kind of honorable mention to the to the Legends class combiner of that figure? Oh yeah, why is that? Because I think it's it's pretty amazing oh, that okay. little one. I didn't really click with it myself very much, but I, I do know people who really rate that figure hugely. And of course, it did come in a repainted green and purple version as well. Uh, okay, I think I did see that actually. So there is the the new Studio Series one as well, which actually, to be fair, looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so and there are some. There's a third party one as well happening <laughs> right now, which is kind of an interesting saga all to itself. But uh, there are uh, yeah. also the um, the Power Core combiners. Did I have review have any interest in those? Hmm. Is that the one where it came out in the US and it was called Spastic? And then it was featured in the Metro in the UK as a news story that this is they've actually put out a toy called that. And then it was very quickly rebranded as Menasaur. That is correct. That is that one. They just stuck a sticker over it on the box over here. That's literally yeah. what they did, was just stuck a sticker Un- over it. Unforgettable, really. But um, that's, no, that's a really yeah. fun line. And um again, if you if you go into it looking at it through sort of the traditional lens of individual characters you won't get anything out of it at all but if you take it as something different the drones are quite fantastic because they plug in and they they all have little action features so they don't turn into robots but you plug them in and they'll auto transform into an arm or a leg or something like that and it's just i a have really owned fun... one of those now that you mention it i have owned a power core combiner it came in a lot of toys i bought and it did exactly that yeah because they then also sort of Backdated the characters into the G1 fiction, didn't they? Through the, through the legends, all that. So there's Bombshock, isn't there? Who I think is some way related to the Combaticons and stuff like that. Because they're all still based around the similar teams, aren't they? There's a very Protector Body like one, an Aerial Bot like one, 
There's even a Dinobot one. Looks like the Pope. A <laughs> <laughs> little Pope cat. Does he? Yeah. Why weren't they marketed this way? It's just what I want to know. So yeah. kind of this would have got my attention. That kind of appeals to me from like thinking the about... The Dino-Pope. Well, yeah, well, I was thinking of like a little callback to the days of like the six combiners again with their little police hats and fireman's hats and things like that, which is kind of fun. Um, I always kind of like that. So, yeah, Pope Hat, Dinobot, why not? Well, I was going to say, what are some of our personal favorite combiners? So any line, anything, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But just kind of like some of our, you know, if you had to pick. Maz, I feel like you've hinted at a couple of yours already, but yeah, maybe really obviously like G1 Devastator, Car Robots JRX, uh, or Rail Racer from RID, and uh, G1 Predaking. Three solid choices. Also, yeah, also Abominus, also Defensor, also Superion. <laughs> but yeah, th- those three really stand out for me. But there are so many good ones. I guess there are some similarities between those three as well, in that they're all three of them completely not replicated by any other toy, if that sort of makes sense. And they're, mm. you know, is in there. I keep wanting to not use the word unique, but <laughs> uh, but they are. Uh, you know, they're all non-Scramble City. They're all kind of relatively cohesive in terms of their color yeah. schemes. Very strong theme running very visibly through those combiners. Right. Trains, yeah. animals, construction vehicles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even the colors that they were, were done in were, were very... Very co, very coherent. Yeah, they stand out a lot. So maybe that maybe there is a kind of although you do like the other types of combiners like Superion. And, I do very much. Yeah, but maybe there is a kind of something about those points that kind of appeal to you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Liam. Any particular favourites? Yeah, I mean we've covered JRX quite a bit, but obviously Computron. I think the Generation One toy and the Unite Warriors one are both just two amazing toys separated by 30 years, but they do it so differently and so well, but of just these wonderful characters. And I, I love Computron and probably Piranicom because I just love the colours. He just looks like late 80s, early 90s sort of swimming shorts, doesn't he? It's like big pink and <laughs> teal colour scheme. Is that like another themed piece of clothing? Do you know what I mean? Like the Pope hat and what have you. He's, he's got his little We've all had Bermuda shorts that colour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly back in, in those days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think some of mine, I was thinking about this and I kind of wanted to have like a really kind of, you know, special answer or what have you. It's probably some of the classics. I mean, I, I do, as much as I was kind of saying, there are some, you know, bits about G1 Predaking that I'm not, you know, in love with, like the wings or what have you. It's still something about that set is just really kind of impressive when you hold it, when you look at it, it's, it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's immense. It's just an absolutely incredible set of toys. So that's hard not to love for sure. Uh, so I do really, really love that. I've already mentioned Defensor, and that's definitely a favorite of mine for sure. Um, absolutely that one. Uh, and I do have a lot of love for some of the Beast Wars stuff as well, because I think that is really quite impressive. Um, I would probably throw, honestly, from a modern perspective... There are tons of the third-party ones that I really do love. I mean, they're, they're doing some amazing stuff with it now. But I do think that actually Unite Warriors Devastator, again, is a really good, strong example of a modern combiner. I think it's hugely sidelined by people, you know, collectors sometimes that maybe haven't held it in hand and kind of, particularly if they've seen just the Hasbro version and kind of like, oh, it doesn't have elbows and what have you, you know, they kind of just look at the compromises. But honestly, there's so much that, that toy does right that I think is 
just makes it totally worth getting. Um, and actually, I recommended to a couple of people recently with the with the reissue. Uh, you know, some of you may know uh, Cybertron Warriors on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, and yep. Instagram. Uh, lovely, lovely chap that he is. Um, and he picked up the reissue and seems to be loving it. Uh, I'm not saying that was you know purely on my recommendation. I think if you know a few people said to him, yeah, do it, and it's totally worth it. And I think he did a lot of reading about it. But he seems to be really enjoying it and having a lot of fun with it. So I think from a modern perspective, that would be the one for me that I would say um you know has has done it very well i would also like to give shout outs to mmc feral rex uh unique toys ordin the abominus was oh, really yeah. cool like the blot figure was was just great it was such a good uh, i think it was called troll unique toys troll and also like combiner wars bruticus was, was a really really good fun toy i really enjoyed having that mm. i think there's just something about combiners isn't there as we sort of said earlier that it's just kind of that permeate every part of collecting in a funny way. Like if you if you're into Transformers, the chances are at some point you'll come across little men becoming a big man. It's just <laughs> big man. It's just kind of part of the fun, isn't it? It's hard to get away from kind of loving them somehow. Uh, and so it's I, just... we should also mention um, the big deal that was uh, Victorion, the the fan pole uh, fanbot combiner. Because that was actually an incredibly cohesive-looking set as well. That's you true. Know, really nice colours and an, a stonking head sculpt on that toy as well. Really fantastic. And I remember watching uh, Thew's review of is is it called Megatronia or Megatronica? Horrible. Yeah. What a stunning-looking set that is as well. Really amazing colours on, and he very nearly enabled me into buying that set. So you know that that's been a really nice development, and like you said, just a deservedly more inclusivity it's still nowhere near balanced but uh, at least those two combiners were cool because mm. they did another one didn't they with uh the elite one torso that's right absolutely right, yeah. and they've done mm. loads of the little car bots on her arms and legs or whatever uh, no the only other one i'd throw out there would maybe be land cross i can't wait really want to really want to experience that one yeah it's that good. Honestly, totally worth it. Really, really just one of those that will go overlooked by so many people just on the basis that it's a Japanese exclusive toy. But mm-hmm. it, it kind of would have got, I think, it would have been a real uh, childhood favourite for a lot of people, I think, if it had been over here for, for, for you know, through Hasbro or what have you. It's a shame they never did it, but uh, still. We also got to mention Six Wing, right? Ah, <laughs> of course. Well, you're, you're, that's a favourite of yours, right? It must be. Yeah. Yeah, it's the show colours, isn't it? Yeah. Our show colours. Yes. Triple takeover. It very much is. Yeah, 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 definitely. We now return to the Transformers. Okay, well, I think that probably is us done on combiners. I mean, ultimately, we could talk a lot more, I'm sure. I mean, it seems like we could talk all night on this kind of stuff, but uh got to draw the line somewhere. And uh, yeah, little men into big men. It's been, it's been done for tonight, I think. It's fair to say. Uh, and big women. Uh, and big women. Thank you, Matt. Yes, indeed. Mustn't forget that. Uh, have we missed some of your favourites? Do let us know, you know, on social media or whatever else. Always love the comments. In fact, it's worth me saying that we have been, I think we've already said this in previous episodes, but absolutely bowled over by the response generally from people online, social media, all of that jazz. It's just been incredible. So thank you so much to everyone that listens, that is engaged, that talks to us about it, and that sends us positive comments, because we like hearing positive comments. It's really, really nice. Uh, but guys, where can they find you? Maz, you're on uh, social media? 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at TF Square One. One word. Mm. Liam? I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those things as Toybox Soapbox. I'm on all of the above, and you can stare at my mug on YouTube as well, and I'm at 6OTF. That's me. So, uh, And together we are Triple Takeover. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep pumping them out. We're trying to get these episodes out fortnightly, you may have noticed. So do keep tuning in and tell your friends about us as well. That would be lovely. Uh, Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. And uh, good night, Seattle, and good mental health. (laughs) 